0: Hey, it's John, A Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 69. We're talking about Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow from 1999. We were supposed to be talking about, well, Terrifier 2 from 2022. Unfortunately, me, John, uh, I got COVID, but it's all right. Jacqueline ended up deciding that uh, we were going to talk about this movie. So, very excited about it. We're bringing on a very, very special guest, Soju from Straight Chilling Podcast. So, look forward to episode number 69, a cut above horror review for Sleepy Hollow 1999. And we're going to start it off right about now. Oh, bloody hell.
1: Cut my life into pieces.
2: Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing Sleepy Hollow from 1999. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, I'm so pleased to welcome back an old friend of ours. It's Soju, aka Justin, from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. Welcome back, Justin. What
3: up,
1: bitchy boy, Soju. Thanks for having me back, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Sure. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Especially kind of
2: on short notice. So super glad to have you back.
1: Yeah. What's going on okay. with you, man? Well, I heard it was your 69th episode. So <laughs> I'm like especially honored, you know, for this huge milestone. 69 a big <laughs> one. So I thank you yeah. for having me on for this one.
2: Who else could we have on for I episode 69? Oh,
1: other so
2: than Legendary.
1: We let, we let the signal
4: in the sky like
1: Batman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 69. 69. Oh, I got the call. Yeah, <laughs> I have to answer. <laughs> I hope it's not episode uh, 96 i'm obligated i don't know that's kind of my favorite too i appreciate a good 96 (laughs) as well
2: (laughs) that doesn't even work oh
1: it
3: works
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh lord well thanks for coming back uh can't wait to talk about this movie with you and uh hear all about what's going on with you and straight chilling as well but we'll get to that in just a minute next up we got john what's going on john
0: um Hello, Jacqueline. Um, Hello. I want to apologize to my uh, co-host. Uh, we were supposed to re- uh, co- cover a movie that just came out in theaters that's doing really well right now, Terrifier. Uh, somebody on this podcast got COVID. That would be me. Um, so thank you guys for switching things around. Uh, I feel so much better. I'm COVID negative. Still a little weak trying to uh, recover from things. I- I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Soju, you? thank you so much for uh, covering for us kind of uh, <laughs> so picking scary.
2: up the slack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No problem for sure, man. <laughs> so I'm good though. So I'm good. Otherwise.
2: Thank yeah. You I'm that. glad you're feeling better, John. We were worried about you for a few days because you seemed not great.
0: Mm. So <laughs> COVID sucks. I mean, I was out of commission probably for like three and a half days. So um, yeah. you know, my, my my voice doesn't sound like it, but I'm actually so much better than you so.
2: I am glad you're feeling better. You do sound pretty lousy, to be honest with you. But I'm glad you sound that you feel better than you sound. And uh, yeah, we thought it probably wasn't a great idea to send you out into the theater to it's see a movie
0: a this res- week. So. It's not a responsible thing to go out to the theater in public while that movie is like doing so well and um, exposing people to this. You know, even wearing a mask or whatever, or even if you're, you know, you have your, your shots and everything like that. I, I it, it just wasn't responsible. So thank you. Well, plus, you
2: just felt like garbage, like we could tell. So all that combined, I think this is a better choice. So thank you, all of you guys, for being flexible and just uh, ro- rolling with it. So, yep. Sure. And last up, it's Hyderberg. How you doing, Hyderberg?
4: What's up, guys? John, I'm glad to see you feeling better. You don't think maybe like throwing a bunch of, uh, I don't know, fixed vapor rub and dime uh, Robitussin or holes into a big trash bag and breaking, bringing that to the theater. You've been all right. To see, we Terrifier? still
2: have to talk about the trash bag this week, even though we're not covering Maybe, Terrifier yeah. too.
0: I would have been on the floor if that if that was the case. So yeah, from <laughs> fainting, bro, because that's
4: how gruesome that movie is.
0: And throwing up.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin,
1: oh and Justin, thank you
4: for coming on also.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for having me Hi,
4: Good to see you again. Yes.
0: Speaking of which, by the way, guys, I want to say that, that, um, Justin, you started something on, uh, the straight chill and YouTube, uh, something that, that veers off. It's, I guess it's horror Jason. You want to explain that a little bit?
1: yeah so we normally do the straight chilling podcast which is of course horror films. so we we stretch that pretty thin as far as we can take it but there are some movies that just kind of get vetoed Ghost. Um <laughs> well that, we one was a stretch. To, that was a Patreon. yeah league. you have to come to the Patreon. yeah that, that i pushed for but um
0: yeah i mean <laughs> we've you
1: even me. you know jurassic park and uh, we mm-hmm. stretch it pretty thin but um i really love you know horror adjacent things to thrillers there's some things we always is like debate on the cast like is it horror is it not and so uh, recently there was an MCU release and we've kind of made it a rule like kind of not to cover the mcu just because it gets covered so much anyways but um i really enjoy the mcu and so i created a kind of special youtube um show that could cover those kinds of things the fringes of horror, horror, adjacent properties and uh we're calling that creature comforts for now but it's still part of this straight chilling like youtube channel um so yeah it's just kind of a little side spinoff and hyderberg was kind enough to join me on the very first episode where we talked about werewolf by night
4: i was honored that you asked me to come on then
1: yeah, yeah it was I a blast. it it was it was a fun it was a fun um episode and a little tease for the next month i'm trying to do them at least once a, once a month right now and i've got my boy g baby unlock we're gonna be talking oh, about hey. batman awesome. returns getting ready for the uh, oh man <laughs> talking about tim burton tonight yeah uh getting ready for the uh christmas season so That's love it, it. Yeah. yeah so I mean,
2: straight chilling is really just expanding. Y'all are just expanding the straight chilling universe. Like it's it's the SCU. Oh that my you guys god. Have. Yeah.
1: We just keep have the mini cast more and more on our shoulders.
2: <laughs> Seriously, you guys have your regular show, you've got the mini casts, you've got the uh the watch parties, you've mm-hmm. got creature comforts now. I mean, it's just like ever mm-hmm. expanding, which I'll take it. I'll take as much straight chilling content as I can get. So yeah uh, we're proud of you and we're always happy to have more content from you guys so
1: oh thank you we it's appreciate awesome. y'all support well let me, yeah, oh, go let,
0: ahead. yeah yeah let me echo is that uh jacqueline Hyderberg and i would have not gotten together if it weren't for you guys because of your slack channel because of everything that you guys are offering you know uh the horror movie community is so tight that that we just we love each other i mean we're like family and we haven't we wouldn't have started this podcast without you guys. So thank you again.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate you guys. You guys are like the cornerstones of our community as well. You know, everybody on Slack is super close. And so we appreciate that a, a whole lot, of course.
2: Yeah, it's like an Definitely. actual part of my life. It's like an important mm. part of my life.
4: And yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> it's like the it, first thing I do every morning. I'm like I was oh, just I gonna say check that the Slack. Check yep. <laughs> my
4: Instagram, my What's Facebook and I doing? go to Slack yeah. to see what I missed while I was sleeping. Yeah. yeah.
2: And especially you, Justin, since you keep different hours from everybody else. Like sometimes in the early wee hours, we have messages from you when like nobody yeah. else is talking.
4: Because it's, he's it's, catching up on what I'm Just like,
1: oh, it's like 1 p.m. for me. What's
2: going on? <laughs> <laughs> that must be kind of lonely sometimes. Like if you've got time and you want to chat about something, but everybody else is like sleeping.
1: Well, luckily, like there's a decent amount of people on the West Coast, you know, like Wes is on mm-hmm, there maybe. later than normal oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And so it's it's yeah, actually not yeah. too bad. Yeah, John's on there. And so and then we have some, you know, global people, too. So it's a good That's mix. That's true.
2: That's true. All right. Uh, well, fellas. Yes. So I think, John, yes. you've got some news for us before we start talking about the Sleepy Hollow.
0: I, I do. I'm going to blow through this real quick. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg. We I think we all love. We all love Poss- Possessor because we did yes. that. We did. Dustin. Oh yeah. That's a great um. Movie. His new movie is starring Mia Goth and Ali- Alexander Skarsgard. It's called Infinity
2: oh. Pool. I'll take that. It's What's called, it called
0: Infinity Pool. Mm-hmm. Coming cool. out. Uh. No, well, actually, there's no release date for it. Uh, it. It was originally supposed to get an NC-17 rating oh yeah uh, they're now giving it a hard r for graphic violence sexuality mm-hmm. nudity all, all that's scar guards that dong God probably shows it. in the movie maybe i don't know
2: they the two know. of them kind of look like they're related
0: oh mia goth and alexander scars yeah
2: <laughs> they kind of look like siblings to me
0: man mia goth is putting in work yeah, she, she really is, is. Yeah. I, I think she's going to be like the hot new ticket of hollywood right now
4: her and jenna ortega yeah, yeah for sure.
2: it is the year of mia goth and jenna ortega truly
0: mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually looking forward to that um because i love possessor
2: do we have any kind of plot synopsis or any hint as to what the movie's about
0: they're a rich couple that goes on a sabbatical mm-hmm. and things happen that, that that was pretty much it you know the movie's
4: completed right i think it's made some festivals
0: already it didn't say i mean okay. it actually said that uh there there's no other information about the movie i mean I i'm assuming not hmm. just that the uh what npaa just gave it a hard r rather than nc-17
2: thank god a little less nudity for you john <laughs>
0: Extra violence, less nudity. That's the way. That's what he
4: wants. That's what we love in America.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't show those yabos.
2: Don't show the yabos.
0: Unless
4: they're smacking people around. but that's okay.
0: No (laughs) half star for the yabos for John. Mm -hmm.
2: John gives a half star when there's no
1: yabos.
0: Oh, no, I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. That's, that was, oh, no. <laughs> That's
1: like anti-code right there. Justin. I know. Whoa. That goes going, against everything you stand going for. against me, guy. Whoa.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, the movie we were supposed to be talking about today, Terrifier 2, 5.2 million at the box office off a, I guess, a $400,000 budget. Uh, and this is the third week that it's been in theaters. People have wow. been clamoring to go see this movie good for them
2: yeah Great. have you been able to see it yet soju
0: no
1: i was just um i was just given a little hint of where i could find it oh yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm gonna check that out probably probably tonight actually it
4: is out oh cool yeah okay. the budget's actually uh 250 thousand
0: oh, was that all it
4: was yeah, it's less yeah it was oh less my than that god
2: yeah it's- i think that's what they were able to crowdsource
4: well, and they they were looking for a lot less, and they ended up getting a ton more than they, they mm. planned on. Oh,
2: is okay. that true? Oh, I thought their yeah. target was two hundred fifty k. I
4: don't. Even, I think it was less than that, and they just like overshot because people nice. love the first one so much.
2: Yeah, Good. it's totally like a fan driven kind of success story. Yeah, like the success of the first one and sort of cult status, and then all the, I think the the success in the theater of part two has all been just like word of mouth. Like yeah. I don't, I haven't seen any official marketing or anything
4: mm-hmm.
3: from
2: from anybody oh uh, word, word of mouth and like heard, fan love
4: i heard damien leone needed like several trash bags to put all that cash in so <laughs> <laughs> moving it, bring it to the bank <laughs> but
0: you huh? ruined what i was going to say is that, that how how are this critics are saying people are fainting and, and vomiting in this movie and it's just like everybody's going to see it is it because of that or is it well, that's
4: definitely going to be some of the the buzz, right?
2: Some people oh. are going to go and be like, "Oh, I, I want to see how intense this is." Like, "Oh, I bet I can handle it." You know, that's
1: sure. Rob like
4: Zombie me- seen it like five times already. Oh,
1: he got it. <laughs> he got it in. He got it. It seems like the perfect movie for like fourteen year olds to sneak into. Like, man, we gotta mm. see this shit. Yeah, it's like a. They are going to say it
2: seemed like a perfect yeah. date movie, and I was like,
3: "Oh, oh no!" no. <laughs> oh, there was a couple on a date one. in front of me when I saw <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: on rotten tomatoes right now it even has well wait are you guys gonna cover this on straight Chillin'?
0: no you guys okay. did a mini cast on it right i have no idea oh. i think bob's <laughs> I the only one that's it. seen it so
2: far i
1: haven't seen it because <laughs> i was
2: about to reveal the rotten tomato scores but it's oh, sitting ahead. at 88 percent from critics right now yeah
1: they're pretty high really okay yeah
2: 85 percent audience
1: wow that's good.
3: Sort of I'm happy fresh.
1: for you. I wasn't like crazy about Terrifier. I just rewatched it this year, but it's one of those properties. It's original. It's their own thing yeah. and they have their own flavor. And when stuff like that gets successful, I'm super happy for it. Even if I'm not, it's like not my thing because yeah. like that's your thing and it's resonating with people and you've made it your own. So of course I want it to be successful. That's great.
4: Yeah, it's I agree. A sequel, I, right? Like, I mean, this one is, but originally it wasn't
1: like a no, yeah, it's, it's like totally their original. own franchise. We we sure before, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm.
0: well, even the first one, I mean, it was so low budget, but the like what they did with it was like so kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. Where, where you go, Wow, you could really do that. And <laughs> Damien Leone just loves horror movies that that you know he really leaned into that. So I, mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. So, well,
2: and I think it all kind of rests like the the kind of seed of this all kind of rests on the. The excellent like concept, like concept of Art the Clown, like yeah. that really works. And the performance of David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown really works. And so I think, you know, with part two, he's able to build like a better story. Cause you know, the main complaints about part one was like there's no plot, there's no character development, which is true. I, you know, I acknowledge that. Um, and I'm not spoiling anything in the second one, but he really does improve on those things, but it works because it's built around a really standout central performance me, and, and that like the the villain works right you know, let it, me go back what you it,
0: said Jacqueline is that did any of us hate Terrifier the first one other than the trash bag Hyberg did we hate the movie? Mm.
1: Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I just it thought I, I just thought that like I always said like I would be like completely fine with a terrifier sequel because the strongest part is are the clown and you right. literally could do anything with it. Right. You, know, you could you could take that character and that amazing performance and put it in a A24 film if you wanted to. I mean, he's like he's that good and he's that iconic um and then the rest of it was like i assume a lot of like budget restrictions not like super into the writing and stuff like that and that can always be improved so
2: well if you manage to watch part two tonight i would really Mm -hmm. really like to hear your thoughts on it
1: okay yeah yeah i think i'll check it out tonight as long as the stream is still good (laughs) there's a bunch on there (laughs) yeah the legal, completely legal stream. That Absolutely.
4: I, I checked it out on the illegal sites, on the internets.
3: We
1: have limited options out here in Korea. So
2: Understood. <laughs> well, John, is there any other news?
0: Yeah, with uh, 2023 right around the corner, it means oh, another saw a movie coming out. What the well, Yeah, everybody's like getting all <laughs> silent. Uh, none of
2: us look enthused it's
0: It's coming out late next year Tobin Bell is in the role of Jigsaw why?
4: because the last one did so shitty so they need to get him back that last one was bad
0: it's called Saw X oh god oh yeah (laughs) I remember because I
2: I saw that written somewhere and I was like that looks like socks
0: yeah It's called
1: Seesaw. Socks. Socks. <laughs> Socks. I just I, I want saw in space.
2: Saw in space. Uh,
1: yeah. I, yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, why it's not? Easy. Like, why not? At this Why not?
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, you gotta solve it upside down. You're floating around <laughs> and shit. <laughs> you wanna play a game. While
2: the blue denube waltz plays <laughs> hey, Hold and on, come, come back. back. You wanna play? <laughs>
1: I can't play without my socks. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that shit's crazy. Tobin oh Bell. no, that sounds bad. I can't even remember. I think maybe Saul Six was like okay, decent, if I can remember right. But I oh my, those all just kind of blend together to me anyway. Yeah, wasn't um, it Seven
0: yeah. Jigsaw? Wasn't that the one that like the last one that Tobin Bell was in? I think that was I
2: eight. Know, I think I that was number like eight. Four.
0: Eight. Oh my god, well, the made last that one was, was with, um, Chris from the Rock. book
3: of,
2: yeah. yeah. The Chris Rock one was the from the Spiral. book of Saw. That's Spiral. stupid
3: thing.
0: yeah. And then
2: before that, it was Jigsaw, mm,
0: yeah. But that was yeah. right? seven, right? No, six, right? Seven, not six. I don't, who knows? I don't know. Seven I or it was eight,
2: seven or eight.
4: Who
0: cares? There's but, like a 3D one
1: too, isn't there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're none of them are good. Well, <laughs> I mean, one was good. I like. Well, I mean, I will like I, I did. I meant none of those choices, part yeah, yeah, seven yeah. or eight or book of Saul. Uh, yeah, there's there's a handful that are that are decent in that franchise, for sure. They've just I got to be very. En... Hmm? Are you going
3: to
4: say
2: I was going to say I legit enjoy the first three after that. Yeah. They all kind of start melding together and I can't yeah. distinguish them anymore. They really They're like really the Fast and, and, Furious
4: like. and Furious movies. I can't tell you which one is which. I just know that there's a trap. <laughs> and there's, like, a muscle car in, in one of them, I think,
0: right? He <laughs> put wrestlers in that one. It was like The Rock, and then all of a sudden, John Cena's in it, and then... Yeah, the bro, saw?
4: because... No, we're talking about Fast and Furious. I'm just oh, comparing the two comparing the two so series to just being very
0: similar. Well, you. The Rock's been in everything. So The Rock could be in the Saw movies, and the next could Halloween be. movies, and the next Friday the 13th... The know, next what?
2: Terrifier movie. Or,
0: I mean, The Rock Johnson... As, as Jason, yes. as Jason, boy. Dude, swole ass Jason. He can smell
4: what
1: his mother's cooking.
3: <laughs> and he, and he he's have too, Michael no,
1: he's too vain to hide behind a mask. Yeah, exactly. You can't hide the rock behind a mask. No. You can't How do you it. sell that
4: movie without yeah. having the rock's face on all the advertisements? I know you can't, can't do it.
1: He can oh, play Art Lord. the Clown next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know what i would love to see him on <laughs> snl doing
1: that
0: it'll be it's yeah a-
1: i like when he did the mango good good he's gonna call you a jabroni mango. and then he's gonna <laughs> you up. oh man
2: oh lord that's it all yeah. right well jacqueline why did you choose this film well i'll tell you
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because uh as as we've mentioned We were originally scheduled to do Terrifier 2 um, this week. I kind of knew it was a little bit of a gamble, but I was thinking it was going to be more of a gamble for myself because I'm the one who has a hard time getting out to the theater to see things. Um, But I was able to see it last weekend and then poor John came down with the COVID. Um, So I, I don't even care. It's fine. Like, I don't mind that we're not doing Terrifier 2. I just felt bad that you were sick. Um, so I thought, well, what else could I pick for, you know, October that kind of gives me the Halloween feels and, um, you know, what I just realized, like for me, I guess it all comes down to Tim Burton. Cause my first pick of the month was nightmare before Christmas, which I know you take issue with soju, but that's
3: okay. I, res-
2: <laughs> I respect your opinion. Um, it's, that's totally fine. But for me, that's a, you know, a strong Halloween vibe. And then um, I wasn't even thinking about Tim Burton specifically, but I thought, you know, Sleepy Hollow really gives me strong Halloween vibes. And it's not even specifically set at that time, but it does seem like maybe late autumn. And I don't know. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow just always feels Halloween-y to me. And so, um, so that's why I picked it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you all say about it, because it was kind of a, a random last minute decision.
0: So Jacqueline, um I appreciate you uh thinking about me of not going being able to go to the theaters, but uh does this movie fuck or suck?
2: I think it, it just it absolutely fucks for me. It's it's a strong fuck. Yeah. What about you, Soju?
1: Ikobut wow. stains over
4: here.
3: Oh, yeah. that was good. Whoa. That was
1: good. Ichabod stains. Um, yeah, uh, this movie is definitely a goth in the streets and the freak in the sheets. Uh, <laughs> this is the goth girl booty call I call every Halloween. Literally, I watch this every Halloween. I have to watch this every Halloween. Um, it fucks for sure. This is uh seasonal fuck. It's yeah, strong recommend.
0: <laughs> Johnny. Uh once a year, I would actually fuck this hard. Um this is one of those other movies that I haven't seen all the way through. I mean, I've seen it, but I've seen it in bits and pieces. But watching it all the way through uh, twice this past week, it totally fucks. But it only during Halloween,
2: <laughs> only during Halloween. OK, all right. So that fuck is relegated to this time of year and you won't even call her. You won't even call her the rest of the year. You we're, cad.
0: We're, we're wearing costumes and um
2: not revealing your true identities.
1: Bring
0: right. your scream mask, girl. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bring your the rock mask.
0: Oh yeah. I smell what the john is Hydra <laughs> Hydroberg.
2: Does it fuck or suck?
4: Uh yes, this is a certified fuck that gives you not just the tip of the head, but much more.
2: Oh, oh, I li- I see what you did there. I like it.
1: Hydroberg, I'm curious. Did you have a reach around already written for Terrifier, two? I have not. No. Okay. I've only seen the film once I saw it,
4: which is actually funny that I saw it. I've seen it before these two, actually, Mm, even though I'm not like the biggest fan of the first one. I did Mm -hmm. see it first, but I wanted to see it a second time to really complete my notes Mm -hmm. because I wrote some, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to be like in the theater with my phone on. I had it dimmed. I did write a couple notes Mm -hmm. in the theater because Mm -hmm. there wasn't anybody right next to me. But it's tough to do that. Mm
2: I was considerate of you.
4: You guys find it tough sometimes (laughs) to review like a brand new film when you can only see it once, and then you got to reflect on it and kind of like talk about it. Yeah, sometimes.
1: If I like, if I just get out of the theater, I'll try to like take some notes right when I get out. Yeah, but not too bad because we all remember different things. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you you
0: bring
3: bring different
1: stuff to the table.
0: Well, it was like the same thing with us. With nope, it was. It was just like you've seen it one time. And you go, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And then it was like, "That was great, actually."
2: Yeah, sometimes it's really nice to come out at it real fresh like that, like just to kind of give your immediate reactions to things. Um, but sometimes I feel too. Sometimes I feel too rushed doing that because sometimes depending on the movie, like nope, I felt like it needed really more time for me to think it over and sort of pull my thoughts together. And I didn't have that kind of time, you know, I, like we recorded the day after I saw it. And so I was like, well, I don't know, here's what I think is going on, but I haven't really had time to reflect. So, bleh. you know, fortunately
4: kinda... I had seen it like twice already <laughs> by that time.
2: Yeah. So you probably had much more coherent thoughts about it, but for me, I, I felt a little rushed by it. So yeah. um, it's always more comfortable for me. If it's a movie I've seen more than once or had more time to at least like marinate for a few days but um it like i said it depends on the like not every movie needs like marinate time so um but soju i'm glad you asked about the reach around because i would hate to think that there was like a wasted reach around just like nowhere
3: you gotta save that
1: for like a special release one day oh i got this hidden reach around never released you know yeah
3: it's
4: it's one of the yeah when we started patreon you can sign yeah. up and get that terrifier to reach around
0: exclusive.
2: <laughs> for over a year now we're gonna start a Patreon and we haven't John <laughs> is
0: healthy. You don't have
4: any content to give him so.
0: <laughs> John is healthy. We'll be able to do that. <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh my notes that I have, I will I'm gonna finish that review though and have it ready to go. Cause I we're gonna cover that movie at some point. So well, we'll oh, fit, I we're hope gonna so. we'll fit it in.
2: Yeah. All right, well, John, you want to drop that spoiler warning for us, and then we can see what's reaching around in Hyderberg's reach around.
0: Certainly, uh, I don't uh, know what that we're means talking about Sleepy Hollow from uh, is it two thousand and one? No, nineteen ninety
2: nine. Nineteen ninety
0: nine. Okay, Sleepy Hollow from nineteen ninety nine in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie pause the podcast, go watch it and come back to find out what we thought about it. All right,
2: Hyderberg. All right. What is in the plot summary?
4: The plot summary is you ready? Yes. When a series of grisly murders befalls a small town, bodies on the ground, but no heads can be found, the locals have no clue who to blame. So they rely on the brain of an Ichabod Crane. He begins his investigation with science and smarts. Never the wiser what course through his heart, unaware of his place in this folk art, because in his veins it wasn't blood. Our boy Crane's heart was filled with love, an emotion he always considered a hassle, until he met Katrina Van Tassel. Night after night, the horseman kills again and again. Ichabon is sure he'll, he'll collar his man. For these crimes must have a scientific explanation. No way witchcraft could be the source of the abomination. Then our constable comes face to face with the headless horseman, and realizes there's no reinforcements. His prowess and science the only weapon he needs, a secret so scandalous it's brought a town to its knees. Ichabod's prompt suspect is feeling the squeeze. Lady Van Tassel was controlling the plot. The horseman's head through digging she got and began to sic him on all of her victims to cut off their heads as if they were chickens. Her vision was narrow, a tale told as rare as a red sparrow. Without your head, it's hard to swallow. Yet here it is, the legend of Old Sleepy Hollow.
3: Mm,
1: Nice.
2: Nice one.
4: Master MC over here.
2: You always have such creative rhymes.
4: I appreciate (laughs) it. And my reach arounds, you know, they... They know no bound. (laughs) I don't know about that rhymes. Yeah. Uh
0: I don't know about you guys, but have you seen the Disney version of that? in a long time. I wanted
1: to try and cram it in for this,
0: but I didn't get to.
1: I watched it earlier this year. Oh, did you? In like early September or something.
0: I thought Johnny Depp did a really good version of that. You know, the Disney version of him being very timid.
4: Yeah. And sort of like bumbling around a little bit
0: yeah scared of everything
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Just, yeah. he's he's a, he's a wild character in the cartoon i was watching now i was i hadn't seen it in a long time and i was like he's macking on all the ladies i was <laughs> gonna say he said
4: he was macking on the ladies right yeah but- so can i talk about that
2: for a second yeah so well, the the disney cartoon actually adheres very closely to the original short story by mm-hmm. washington irving it's very close um and so I like that's one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight is the differences in this movie from the original story, because
3: mm-hmm.
2: Tim Burton really takes a lot of liberties with this story, yeah, obviously. That's a- um, but, yeah, Ichabod Crane, he's supposed to be kind of a like graceless, kind of, um slightly cowardly kind of guy. He's supposed to be not very attractive. I think he's described as looking like a scarecrow Mm -hmm. in the story. And he's not really a particularly virtuous person. Like he maxed on all the ladies, but it's because he's trying to get either a food or B money from them Mm -hmm. because he's just like a poor school teacher. And so he's trying, he's kind of just like looking out for his own interests and he's attracted to Katrina not because of her lovely appearance but because her father's so wealthy mm. and so he's like a little bit of a dirtbag yeah oh,
1: no. <laughs> or like a cooter you might say justin he's a bit of it because he's definitely manipulative for some right? reason all the ladies love it and he like schmoozes them up and stuff <laughs> he does i, think you I was might get like watching too. that cartoon i was like this is why because i know this you know tim burton version so well now and it had been so many years and i was like man old ichabod he's uh he's a questionable guy
0: yeah but <laughs> i i felt that in this movie too because it uh christina ricci couldn't have been more than like 19 or 20 and and johnny depp maybe was what 30 at the time
2: i'm not sure their ages but i think there was a significant age difference between it, them
0: it felt weird i mean just and really? then yeah like the romance be building between them because it it couldn't be couldn't have been that far of uh uh christina ricci from adam's family yeah uh, mm, and a it's good point. like 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 and johnny depp has been an you know, acting for a while. Would have been
1: thirty six at that at that time. Wow, he was thirty six. Yeah, I'll be honest. He was, yeah, he was okay. born in sixty three. Okay, their like relationship didn't develop
4: quite as as like as smoothly as I would have liked it to. There, it felt a little rushed. Like there's a scene in the middle where like they're professing love for each other. Where like you just met your boyfriend just died <laughs> yeah. like a day ago, and you're like, oh I've cried tears for him already. I'm
0: you know, I've always had a crush on Christina Ricci, but I mean, she's more my age. I'm 46. She's I mean,
2: 42, so she was yeah, born so in I'm 1980.
0: That's yeah. is more my age, John. So back off, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my my guy. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have her?
2: A cut above boxing match.
1: <laughs> She's way too old for me. I'm only 23. So.
0: 23, yeah. I
1: was gonna say she
0: could be your mom. I know, she could be. What are we having that 13-year-old <laughs> on the freaking cut Come on. I know
1: you guys didn't know I was bringing the young viewer here, did you? <laughs> <laughs> bring the young crowd though. We got some young viewers. Uh-huh.
2: But yeah, so Johnny Depp, I think, was actually quoted as saying he felt a little strange about the hmm. the casting of Christina Ricci because he had been seeing her act since she was like nine years old and he was like an adult. He was like twenty-six or so. Oh
3: yeah. I, couldn't I didn't even think buy like,
4: honestly could explain why I picked that up on screen then when I watched the film. Yeah that could explain maybe, a lot.
2: Maybe not like so su- you know not such a natural chemistry between them perhaps but wasn't uh, sure if it was
4: the writing or what because they're good actors but their scenes together in the beginning seemed a little off by the end I believed it though like I Mm
0: -hmm. did too I thought they had really good chemistry at the end of the movie but Mm -hmm. it just seemed weird because there was such an age gap I and maybe it's just through my eyes right now of looking at them of like okay here's Johnny Depp of 36 or whatever and then her at 18 years old and you're just like this is weird, man. So-, so that's
1: kind of like time appropriate, though. I guess yeah, I was like just anything, say that. I didn't really think about it, but that probably would have been more likely about what's going on. She probably yep. would have been younger than that, honestly. Probably yeah. 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have been.
2: Yeah, at that yeah. time, I don't think it would have been really questioned. I mean, think about this, the um, Baltus Van Tassel and the the wife. Like, she's yeah. probably younger, you know, by a significant amount mm-hmm. than, than he is. So yeah. I, I don't think it's that. You know, shocking of a of mm-hmm. a thing, but um I There's did no read that when a-
0: scene or anything, so yeah. that's all. Awesome. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you guys? Uh, I did- are you guys I baffled a- by why it was rated R?
4: There's a lot of gore. It's a lot of gore. There's a good amount of gore that I was very impressed by. That they,
0: yeah. for a
4: story like this, that you read as a kid a lot in school,
0: it felt him. I felt like a
4: Timber. It was. It was whimsical, but at the same time, it was gory dark. too. It was like a, it was a dark blend.
2: But I just looked at it. A lot of head it. chopping.
4: And well, the, like the, the spear coming through. Um sure. yeah. tassel in the end. Like they kill a kid.
1: I mean, off screen, but you know, uh, the implication. Yeah, it, it's like it was very in bag t- or whatever.
0: I mean, e- even like the spear through the chest, it was like almost like a pink blood. Like for me, it just felt it. It, it felt was a little jalo. Yeah, it was past. kind of.
2: I was just gonna say it was kind of like yeah. blood, but
1: he's kind uh, of corpses. So he's doing some dark. The stuff. tree. I thought
4: the yeah, tree the blood spurts gnarly. all over him when he's. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. The tree seam mm-hmm. is really cool. Like where it's instead of sap, it's like got blood because it, yeah. the seed of evil that was the horseman's body is basically where it grew from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like oh, all then the heads out. Me,
0: uh, the, Yeah, yeah. Uh, the root thing. Yeah, and it's just like spraying up in his face, and he
1: it was pretty
3: cool
1: and the bloody okay. kiss they do have like a little bit of like sex stuff going on too with her uh, out in the woods old
3: lady fantastic yeah. ever yeah. so yeah i wasn't I sure mean, if she
1: had sex with sense. all
4: her marks or just that one guy i was like did she get all the guys and that's how she marked them like
2: that she only admitted to the the reverend guy she was like oh lust did the, the good reverend in or whatever
1: and i was wondering that because the church is the only place that the horseman can't go. I was wondering yeah. if that was some kind of like tactical thing to like get the reverend or something, or like remove the holy man from the equation because the for like the the horseman can't go onto the church. And I didn't know if like he had any type of power over the you know, forces of darkness or whatever, the witches and stuff like that. Um,
4: Katrina so was doing was her symbol. Her mm-hmm. like symbol on the ground, but he had not been able to come in before that was even completed.
1: I felt like so. I don't think they.
4: I think yeah. it was just the hollow ground, I, or whatever yeah. that
1: was why he couldn't come. That's what I think too. That's why I was yeah. wondering if it was she specifically targeted the reverend to kind of like corrupt sexually, so that there was nobody that could like stand. Yeah, that's a good her. idea from like that a sounds, magic standpoint.
2: That sounds very logical.
1: Yeah. Little did she know that
4: that he was corrupt already. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A lot of cooters in this movie, huh? Probably well, it, was yeah. <laughs> it was the time of cooter. It was the
2: time of 1799 was known as the year of the cooter. Yeah, the year,
4: the year of the of cooter. The, cooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the year of our lord cooter. <laughs> so
2: so I would say that one of the things that I love most about this movie is just the overall aesthetic. Um yeah. and the the setting really works for me. It just it hits a lot of my personal buttons. Like there's something about the like early American Gothic, like specifically in the Northeast, you know, stories that take place in autumn, and you know, mm-hmm. you have this cold climate, you know, in, in the setting. Um, just there's something about that, and like from the time I remember reading the story, the original story, when I was in like sixth grade in Miss Basso's reading class, and it really struck a nerve with me even then. And I was like a little obsessed with it. Um, And mm-hmm. I think that maybe that story might even be kind of the genesis of some of my kind of like that sort of American Gothic um flavor that interests me a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that another problem with the movie though, is that, that, that when Ichabod Crane leaves New York to go to this sleepy hollow, isn't that like just, Maybe a month before it becomes the new year or the new millennia.
2: So that's the thing. I don't know exactly what time of year it's supposed to be. I've always kind of assumed that it was late autumn because there's not like in upstate New York. Well, I don't know if you want to call it upstate Hyderberg, you're
4: that was upstate. And that would have taken a really long time through horse and carriage to get from New York City to upstate.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: So Terrytown. So didn't he say it was
1: like a two week journey? Yeah okay few weeks i thought i thought that's what they said that it would have taken said? a while by mm-hmm.
4: horse and carriage goodness but, um
2: so i actually went to college right near where because like sleepy hollow was a real village that's like just a stone's throw from Terrytown, heidelberg have you ever been to Terrytown?
4: oh okay yeah i see that yeah and then that's... and so
2: Terrytown is like a stone's throw away from where i went that's not college. too
4: far at all actually mm-hmm. from where i am <clears throat>
2: Um, so it's in the Hudson River, but it's not upstate like Buffalo. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought River. it was more
4: upstate. That's why.
2: No. So I feel like it's kind of questionable. Like I say upstate just because I'm not a New Yorker. And so it's like anything upwards of Manhattan <laughs> no, is yeah, like that's not upstate to me. But
4: that's actually only like 54 minutes from where I am. So that's oh. not bad at all. I, th- I was thinking way more upstate like Buffalo.
0: No, it's not that far.
4: Okay, uh, like
0: me going to Orange County from San Diego. I mean, it's 54. Minutes. Yeah, no,
4: that's not bad at all. Then he could definitely get there in probably a couple of days, or you know, a day or so. So maybe it was
2: two days. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's a two day mm-hmm. journey. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, so it's just like that. That like vibe and that aesthetic really hits for me. um I like the addition of the witchcraft to this story, which is not part of the original story. But I really like that. Like I like the no crones stuff. in the original, right? Not that I can remember. I mean I it's kind a, just since
1: a I read it, but I don't think so. He's just some uh, a creature that lives in the woods. There's no even like the whole idea of him being a dead soldier and stuff like that. I don't think that's So part he of is, it, is he it? is
2: supposed to be a dead Hessian? Uh, okay. But uh, but the story leaves it ambiguous. So that like the legend w- within the original story there is a legend of a dead Hessian and they say oh the horseman returns every fall or whatever. Um, but within the actual events that take place in this story, it's never made clear whether it's actually the spirit of the he- of the horseman who's returning, or whether it's Brom Bones playing pranks. Mm. Yeah, it's it's left ambiguous, like whether he's just trying to drive Ichabod Crane out of town because he's like their romantic rivals,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so it's it's insinuate it, like you could read it both ways. I think.
4: I thought it was funny that uh, Brom Van Brunt or whatever. It- the guy who plays him his name is Casper van Dien or Yeah.
0: Mm.
4: I just thought it was funny that he, he had a similar name.
0: Archer, Star Starship Troopers? Yeah. Yeah. He was like the guy in that, right? Yeah. Hmm,
4: really? I didn't He was the out. main he was the main dude in that movie, yes. Okay.
1: That came out I'm like yeah, no, but I just
4: no, thought it was funny know. when I was doing my ca- writing down the cast. I was like, wow, he's got a van, like
3: a van. <laughs> van yeah, he might be uh, he might yeah. be Dutch
2: as well because it's yeah. like a Dutch kind of settlement.
4: Good casting.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but I also love how Tim Burton really like, um, I don't know all the right words and stuff, so I'm probably wrong. But like, desaturates the color out of the yeah. film and mm-hmm. makes everything look so gray. gray. Yeah, um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he had originally wanted to do it in black and white and in like a like an original kind of old hollywood aspect ratio and that didn't work out Mm -hmm. but he really like dialed down the color and used like a lot of blue filters
4: Mm
3: -hmm. um
2: for exterior stuff and i just i love that look so i uh, do like like it aesthetic i just love
4: i feel like it's kind of hurt the image of the film over time though like i watched an hd copy of this and i think if they came out with a 4k and maybe updated it would look there were certain shots that just a li- looked a little dated where I'm like, this movie's not that old, you know? Mm. But that might be why. Hmm. Well, that's it's like a thing. lot of 90s the stuff. A lot yeah.
2: of 90s stuff has From that so. kind of patina to it now that you're like, yeah.
4: Grr. No, but it works for the film because everybody's skin looks very pale too. And that's kind of like how everybody looked back
1: then anyway. Yeah, everybody kind
4: of looks half dead. Yeah, nobody was out tanning <laughs> for the weekend. So,
1: yeah. And that's something he always does. He said, like, why do you work with Giant Depp so much? He's like, with the certain films that I make that, like, He likes to do that desaturation he's like people have to have like really pale skin or certain you know their skin has to look a certain way and so it makes sense i i agree that like this always puts me in the autumn spirit because everything's so desaturated but when there are like the pops of like the orange like the pumpkins when they go when he goes into the house and they're having the kind of Um, you know autumn festival kind of party or whatever it feels that much more kind of warm it feels like how the like the late autumn kind of feels where it's cold and everything's starting to die but then you seek the warmth and you know you you have the harvest around you and those colors those warm colors and so I think that that like really puts me in the mood for the season for sure
2: yeah so do you also read it as being late autumn
1: yeah, I I get I I took it as yeah I, that I think late so. autumn mostly because the pumpkins are around it, and it just reminds me of like the harvest of what they would have been doing around that time and stuff like that. So and it gets dark yeah. early. Uh huh.
3: Yeah, early in the film. Early,
1: it's like most yeah. of it's
4: taking place at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool. And even cold. At, during the daytime, it's like foggy as shit and like overcast. Mm-hmm. I Speaking of cast, the cast in this film. Well,
1: and uh, well, really also is. the ending shot, it snows. Yeah, so no, they're like York. telling you like, oh, it's come to the." which would be. I always took it as like you're leaving kind of the autumn season and going more like toward the Christmas the season. Yeah, yeah the
0: winter, that's exactly so, what I yeah.
3: think, too. Well, oh, that's
0: what Johnny Depp said. It's like it's a new it's a new millennium, millennium. or a new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like a new millennium and they're walking out of the carriage. So,
2: John, it sounds like this was your first time watching the movie straight through, all in one go. Right? What, how did you feel about it?
0: I just it, it felt very fall to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just I, I love the difference between city and uh, you know maybe a town. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. being in a a state where it's just you got this big city. You know, you wear all these plaques and whatever, and you go to this town and it's it, it's very um, subdued colors like browns and whatever. And I love that. I, I love the, what do they call that? The, um, I know. Contrast? What no, the, the the clothing they're wearing.
2: Wardrobe, costumes. Very
0: yeah, oh, costume. Wardrobe. Oh. It was just very different from what Johnny Depp was to what these people were wearing very simple farmers Mm
2: -hmm. you know and that's a good point about you know the contrast between the city setting and the country setting right because i feel like in a small village like this that's kind of remote and not you know not part of the city it's um it's like places like that where superstitions and things sort of flourish more you know they're less Mm -hmm. influenced by like science and urban development and things like that like you would be in the city and so I think that makes it easier at first for Johnny Depp's character to try to try like dismiss their notions of what's going on here. It's, oh, this is like silly folklore, and you know, science will science will you know prove the,
0: the right. Culprit. But, but Tim Burton did a really good job of that. Of as Johnny Depp was walking through this little town, is that everybody's closing their doors or windows as he's walking through, and it's like this is a stranger in our he's town, an
2: outsider. Yeah,
4: yeah. And they have some outsider at that moment killing people mm-hmm. right, so, mm-hmm. like nightfall is coming yeah also like they're not big on science even in the city like his views of yeah of how, how to solve a crime are like shunned upon by the by the the other policemen that we see in the NYPD or whatever like we get a glimpse of what it looked like back then
1: it's interesting and then, how like how Tim Burton kind of shuns that a little bit too though because Ichabod is wrong It is supernatural. And ultimately he keeps trying to say, you know, even when he he's very proud, like, oh, it's someone who's flesh and blood, like I've said all along. But I mean, but really it is based around witchcraft and this folklore and these superstitions and, you know, he can't go into the church and it's all based around things that, you know, Ichabod doesn't believe, and so Tim Burton almost kind of like relishes in that of saying, like, no, these things are important. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting because that's not typically yeah. the take you you typically get in films like those. He still yeah. uses well,
4: science to solve the crime, like, it is a human that's controlling, yeah, yeah, this horseman. And he uses science, to through witch the on the- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he uses what he knows best. Yeah,
2: Yeah, he does use logical reasoning to arrive at the right answer. But that only happens once he's failed twice, Mm -hmm. because originally his scientific reasoning led him to Baltus. He was going to quit wrong. And then it led him to Katrina. And that was wrong.
4: And then it was the book that he looks at in the very end. When he thinks he figured it out, he's going to quit. He thinks Katrina's like at fault Mm -hmm. and he wants to leave. He's heartbroken. And then the book, he looks at the book last minute again and realizes that symbol meant it was a protection symbol.
0: Yeah, it was a symbol that she had built for him to protect him. So in the
4: end, the book itself protects him from the bullet yeah, from the musket.
3: Mm -hmm. And so
2: I think that that concept is kind of nicely summed up in the moment where, you know, Christina Ricci says something and Johnny Depp says, are you so certain of everything? And then he kind of scoffs at her book and he's like, I have no use for that. And she goes, are you so certain of everything? Mm -hmm. And it's like they both kind of have to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, give a little.
1: They do that a couple times um, when she talks about they're talking about like reason and stuff like that. And she they're talking about like when she kissed him and she's like, yeah, with no thought or reason, you know, Mm -hmm. she's always trying to kind of like undermine his his rules that he has set for himself
3: or whatever.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, he's almost like not allowing himself to be fully human. Like you can't be fully human and have a full human experience if everything mm-hmm. you do is governed by reason and logic. Like human beings by nature are emotional creatures who don't always follow reason and perhaps even like more often than not do things that are highly illogical. So
3: yeah, uh, that's mm-hmm. like,
2: he's not really like a, he's not really like a complete person at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like he's not well, like fully
1: yeah it's interesting too because they developed that out but it's in a different way i like i watch this every year and most times i don't really care for the flashback scenes that they give for no i don't either um with the mother Uh, this time i i'm still not crazy about them but this time it kind of had a little bit more weight for me in in kind of what we were just talking about where he's, like, kind of become his father, but in a different way. Whereas, like, in the flashbacks, it's his father's, like, living by the rules of religion. Religion is what's driving him, and it's all black and white for him. Like, you're a witch. Like, you have to be punished. You have to do this. And while Johnny Depp kind of resents him for that, and ultimately the flashbacks help us draw a connection of where, like, he needs to, you know, meet... Christina Ricci's character or whatever through the idea of like his mother was in the same kind of way, but also he's driven in the same kind of way by this like very black and white type of rules that he set for himself. But he based himself in science, not in religion, but he's essentially become his father in a lot of ways, which is the one he like resents so much. And so it kind of hit me a little differently this year. Um, Like aesthetically, I'm still not crazy about them. Um, in this film but it had a, a little more like specifically
3: the mean? flashback
1: yeah. specifically but it had a little bit more like logic and character weight this time around i kind of picked up on that
3: mm-hmm. you just
1: mentioning that now
4: actually helps me enjoy those scenes a little bit better yeah because yeah, i it wasn't enjoying they they kind of felt like wasted time to be because i was like i get what they're doing here but I don't know. They're not resonating with me 100% where I'm just like, what are they what, yeah. what is the meaning exactly? And like, what does it bring to Ichabod's character? But mm-hmm. now that you're saying like, yeah, he was like his father, but just the, the total opposite, right? He he delved into science instead of religion. Yeah, but, but he still live
1: by those strict
4: rules. Yeah, it's so. black and white, equally right? rigid. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. then when he meets uh, Katrina, that helps shake that up for him, so.
1: And I think that's that's a a very human story to say, like, I'm not going to be like my parents or I'm not going to be like you. And so you swing so far the other way that you're exactly like them, just in a different way. Like, you know, it's not religion, but it's science. But you still have the same like flaws within science. So that's I think that's very interesting.
0: I think I'm glad
2: you brought that up, Justin. Sorry, John. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead, Jacqueline.
2: I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't really made that connection. I was more focused in those flashbacks on what happened to his mother and how he was so scarred from that, that he Mm -hmm. was like blocked off. He blocked himself off from Mm -hmm. emotion. Um, I mean, that's what I assumed that, you know, he was so grief stricken that he just didn't want to feel that pain anymore. And so he was just very unemotional and sort of detached, but now I, you know, I didn't really pay attention so much to the relationship with the father and how that might've influenced him to kind of cycle, you know, enter the same kind of cycle, but in a different way Mm -hmm. now. So that actually brings a lot more richness to those flashbacks for me.
4: Ichabod is sort of almost in a way like the bird in the cage, right? Like it was in the cage. It's beautiful. But he's kept it in there for so long and then he lets it go. And then almost he comes out of his cage a little bit when he finally falls in love with, you know,
0: well, that. Yeah, that that had a lot it, it, that made a lot of sense with the uh, the spinny string with the cardinal in the in, in the cage thing. Yeah, was
4: that like an illusion. What
0: I, yeah, what I was going to bring up is if you watch the Disney one, is that Ichabod Crane was so timid. You know, he, he was just the most timid guy. But I loved what Tim Burton did with this of making Johnny Depp like the most timid guy. And he was always timid throughout the movie until the very end. You know, um, I love the score of this movie. Mm, I love fun? the score. Especially yeah. from
4: the very jump. Yeah. You know,
2: Danny Elfman again. killing. Yeah. It. yeah. That's Just the very
4: thinking. beginning. It starts off like excellent. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually some nice little nods to the animated version in this movie. So during the big chase scene at the end where he's like getting dragged behind the carriage and whatever. Um, to be honest with you, I don't I don't love big like actiony sequences, and I kind of tune out most of the time. when Stuff like that happens, but um, there's a moment when somehow he like gets flung off, and then he lands on um, the horseman's horse, Daredevil, but like mm-hmm. backwards, and that's like a similar little moment to the um, to the animated version. He gets kind of like you know clotheslined by a tree branch that happens in the original. Um, the little bridge they like, I don't know if you guys remember, but early on in the film, yeah. he's like, they go across the little bridge and he thinks he hears the frogs going, Ichabod,
4: Igabot. Mm-hmm. And that's where Brahm and him con- are confronted. Exactly. By so yeah. the
2: prank that Brahm plays on, and they throw the head and then he hears him laughing. That's like the, the climactic sequence and the animated one, but you don't know whether it's Brahm or the real thing. And so there's like a lot of little, like, you know, fun moments that, that you can kind of point to. So I like that.
4: I love his little science kit that he rakes out when he <laughs> first gets into town, and he mm-hmm. opens it up, and the, like the little fucking tray pops up with all the different like little chemicals, and he puts those mm-hmm. glasses on, and then pops his head up, and in true Johnny Depp form, he just looks so like nerdy and like mm-hmm. weird, like timid, like you said, but like I just love that little. He's got those little binoculars, like one eye is like a binocular, and he That's- does his little like investigation where he like, <laughs> yeah. was on a horse and he rode around and he just <laughs> does this little ride around the crime scene. I love that. That's yeah. so
1: Tim Burton to me. That type of little flavor details yeah. is, you know, yeah, He he's often seen is- as like, you know the colors and you know the moodiness and the style but like those little kind of details really like pull tim burton out for me of like <laughs> that's tim burton right there um making these thing. little glasses and stuff like that yeah quirky that's it That's. i
2: right. think a mm-hmm.
0: problem with this movie was maybe the time because some of the cg just felt very cg but mm. if it was like made in 2022 you would be like Oh, this is brilliant, you know, because they'd be able to fix those little things. But, you know,
4: it's not a ton of it, though.
0: No, there's really not. But there, there is some where you're just like, eh, maybe like some the jack-o'-lantern team
4: was a little yeah, wonky. But I don't know if they were meant to call back the animated cartoon so maybe that's Mm. what they were trying to go for with that you know
0: maybe i don't know
2: to me the worst moment is when he he's consulting the witch in the in the woods and she like becomes possessed with the spirit or whatever and her eyes like bug out of her skull it looks Mm -hmm. way too cartoony i hate that scene when the horseman's
4: head comes back too it looks a little
2: that was a mixed bag like, for me. Like bad. at first, it looks stupid, and like the eyes don't look good. But eyes, in another yep. way, it kind of looks a little Hellraiser to me. Like the flesh yeah. kind of recovering the yeah. bones, so I don't know. Like parts of that work for me, and parts don't. But um,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, with the eyes bugging, I expect to hear like
3: "ahuga" <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Large march walking.
4: You know what I do love though? Elbow. Yeah, <laughs> I love the practicality of like. The swordsmanship when the, the the horseman is badass, man. Hmm. And the choreography that was Ray Park who did the sword fighting. I don't know if you no, know who it. that is, but he played Darth Maul.
3: Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Star Wars. He's done a lot of sword stuff for other movies too. He's like excellent.
3: And like just man, he
4: was just so badass the way he handled his blade and the axe and like the way he like crafted something real quick when he couldn't get in the church and like. Yeah. I don't I just thought his presence was really I know Christopher Walken plays him for the majority of the movie it's not Christopher Walken actually right. it's another actor Somebody inside else. that suit so uh-huh. And I thought he was just really good. I yeah. agree with
2: you Heidelberg. I wrote that down. Like he looks really powerful like when like he swings the axe around it's like yeah. it it's, it's like he seems really strong and the axe seems really heavy and just the silhouette of his figure there's several times when you see him astride the horse and the horse rears up on its hind legs and it looks like such a perfect silhouette yep you know that it's like very iconic looking and it's like kind of what you've got on your background but like all in silhouette and it just really looks perfect but yeah I i think that's really really nicely done
1: i the i think the church kill was my favorite scene just because it's creative you know you get certain killers even michael myers always always stabbing people with the you know the kitchen knife and then the machete and stuff and so you know he's he's um he's badass and it's cool to see him i love that scene where he faces off with like brahm and stuff like that and also because that's a that's a fucked up scene where he kills the kid. Yeah, you know, or it's implied yeah, he kills this whole family. He grabs him, and the next thing you know, he's got the bag in his hand. So yeah, the mother's mm-hmm. eyes looking down at her kid. Oh, like that that's really tough. messed up. And with the fucked the up. mobile, like uh-huh. a light, the the um,
4: what's it called? The nightlight thing going off around this. Oh, that's that. cool. Room. Yeah,
1: yeah, that mm-hmm. scene
4: was like fucking. The cinematography
1: was excellent in that scene. yeah but the church scene specifically where he crafts that and you're like oh how is how are they going to get to him and there's all this pandemonium and people are freaking out and you've got guns and stuff and then he just like gets him with the with the uh, fence stake or whatever. Yeah, That's like really cool. I just was awesome. it's very creative. I kind of yeah, forgot that it. that
2: happened actually in that scene. Mm. Like that scene kind of took me by surprise this time. I was like, oh shit, he still got him. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot
4: how badly it impales him. I was like,
1: holy yeah, crap! Drags
0: they went him
4: out. Him. Yeah. Oops.
1: Well,
4: and the way they and set it up
0: it, that he was going to die, but it, it was surprising because he walked up those stairs and then it was like right in front of. the the uh the window and they just threw it through and just pulled him out mm-hmm. yeah it was awesome the but, worst
4: part was that that guy was like the one he was truly innocent like that guy didn't really do anything yeah right he was just i think he so. was taken advantage of by his friends and the crone
1: that's that's a thing though too a negative about this movie is um i really love it and i watch it every year and yet I, you know, I watched it twice this year because I watched it again for this episode. And then I was like, you know, this, this like mystery, this story, like in one week, I don't think I could explain it again, even though I've seen this film. like I'm so glad you said times, that. You know? I'm I think,
2: so I'm I'm glad like, you said well, that because yeah. I could right now. I couldn't explain to you like
3: why each person, like,
2: like what culpability each, like why the horseman had to kill each one of those yeah. people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: part of the so part of that i think is just like the writing of the story like it's not it's like so quickly info dumped on you at the mm-hmm. end when she gives her monologue that you're like oh wait what like if you didn't already know it was her you have to like catch up with that like mm-hmm. oh okay so it's her first of all i really
4: don't like and that second part.
2: of all what were her motives okay she wants money but like why did she have to kill the reverend and like why did the that, so yeah. her family That's- used to work for the van garrets but they were ha- how are they related to the van? Right. She like, wanted it doesn't
3: revenge. Really, yeah, it doesn't
2: make a lot of sense. And like, exactly. even if you sat down and tried to like write it out and make a diagram or something <laughs> like it's too much. And so he um, had
0: to set all of this shit up, like all over this time of let's since say, she was a child. Yeah, exactly right. So it's like, you know, we're going to kill a a woman that was a servant to us. You know, I'm going to cut her hand. I can cut her head off. And it's just like you know, nobody's going to figure out the hand was cut and that she had, uh, you know, no bleeding out of it. She was already dead. And then Johnny Depp could figure that out. And you're like,
1: well, like even in the basic sense, OK, there's this little girl and she's got to sit like it's so complicated. There's this little girl and she's got a sister. She sees that he dies. But I love they're that out scene there. She they're out, yeah, they're <laughs> out there because the Van Garretts like kicked them out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. And so her whole ploy, though, is like, OK, I'm going to get back at him. So in order to do that, she goes to the next second Powerful family. She has to kill that mom. Well, she <laughs> so has to sell then, her soul to Mary. Yeah, so like, that at she that moment, marry. at like seven
2: years old or whatever, she has to be like, "I think this is a good time to sell my soul to <laughs> <Yeah>. Satan. <laughs> That'll come in handy."
4: She takes yeah. revenge on a family that literally just moved into a new property. That to them, yeah. they didn't—they're not the ones that kicked you out. That's and what crazy. did she have to wait for the Garretts to die in order to start her? Like, she didn't actually take out Garrett, right? Like he just died, or did the ho- horseman take him out? The horseman Um, took him out and started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because she had because he wasn't
2: he in the wasn't he like driving the horse at the beginning?
4: I couldn't. Yeah, I think that's the I thought that was his son or whatever, or somebody Uh, from the line. So that's the other thing (laughs) to to add
2: on to what Soju was saying.
4: No, that was the witness, right? Wasn't that the witness with the with the will? I don't know. I don't know. I
2: don't know. But to add on to what Zojo I think part of the reason, another like reason that the whole like story, the, like this overly complicated story doesn't work is that all of these, all of the victims pretty much, we don't really get to know them very well. I know. So to me they all kind of bleed together and are they kind do. of like the same person.
0: Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah, not easily distinguishable
2: guys. to me. Like I don't know which one is Van Garrett and which one's Van Garrett's son and which mm-hmm. one is the fucking reverend and which one is the notary and like it's just a bunch of like old white guys and we don't we don't get to know them
0: mm-hmm. really the notary- so
2: it's like there's no care they're not really they're not like real characters
0: that's where yeah. the movie slogs though i mean yeah it, it's just it like does. trying to figure out like who is who you know and johnny depp gives this uh, uh disposition of like who's who and you know we got to go to the notary first and they don't expound upon that they just basically say Yes, this is exactly what happened. This is what we you, you, who we have to figure out who killed this. And 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 are like, hey, hold on a second,
4: John. You're yeah. absolutely right. Like, I noticed the pacing in this movie. It, it's not a slog to watch, but like it steamrolls through certain scenes where I feel like they could right. spend more time describing stuff to us or telling or showing us a little bit more. So they didn't have to do that huge exposition dump in the end, which is really it a negative so- in my opinion. Like they just tell you everything. Agree. Cool. And like, had we spent a little bit more, we could have spent more time in this town before Ichabod even got there just to see yeah. a little bit of like what's going on. Who's plotting on who whispering or yeah. whatever. Like just a little bit of what's going on before we get there. Because John, you're right. Like there's so much going on. And but they kind of just like, oh, they just assume, you know, stuff and then just kind of yeah. steamroll to the next scene, to the next scene, to the next scene. And the pacing of this film, I don't know if it's editing or directing. There's just something a little bit off to me now that I watched it this time with a critical eye. It
0: jumps yeah. like that. You know, yeah. I you're like oh, it does. Well, hold on, I missed something here, right? But no, you didn't because that's exactly how the movie was paced, right?
1: Yeah. And that's a weird thing too for me that even though I've seen it a bunch of times that I couldn't describe it, that that like doesn't matter to me. Um, like the, the actual mystery of it, I'm never watching it for that mystery yeah, or these the characters. They're they're yeah, essentially it. red shirts. To have cool scenes with, you know, the horsemen, essentially. Yeah. Um, to we add just know she knew she wants dread, to kill yeah. people. Like, <laughs> yeah. She just
2: wants to kill people and she's going to yeah. get rich, supposedly.
1: And even knowing that she's the reveal, like, I don't care anything about her, essentially. You know, I'm just like, I'm really there for Ichabod and the town and the vibe and the horsemen. And it's like, that's, that's uh, okay with me. Um, I don't know. Like I recognize it as a serious weakness and a problem I wrote. It's very convoluted. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't think. And it's not something that sticks out in your mind. Cause I've seen it countless times and yeah, I'm always eager to watch it. Not for those things for the mood and you know, the world that he's built and like the feel of it and stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a weird mix. Yeah. for me. Like even one scene that, it's an,
4: an action sequence, but it sort of does the same thing, like the windmill scene. They're getting chased. They lock the doors. It's pretty cool. I wish they spent a little bit more time, like him trying to get in or them barring the doors. They uh-huh. race up the stairs. Next thing you know, like Ichabod throws some flames down. Whatever the ho- headless horseman does, some like cool um, acrobatics or whatever to try and get up there. And then the place blows up like a Hollywood fucking explosion. <laughs> what was in that place that even could trigger that explosion? We some my bags. Well, he, he dropped
2: the of- kerosene. He dropped the okay, kerosene but that's not lab. enough. Down we see a couple bags, bags
4: that get lit on fire. I there's a bunch them, like, of dry sanders, wood and
2: or, shit down there.
4: I don't know, like those things. Head- spark- Maybe back in the day, dried wood blew up differently. A headless
0: horseman walks out like the Terminator. And
4: it's not like a- <laughs> I expected that, but it's not like a fire that progressively got worse. Like the whole fucking place blows up. Like there was like. TNT in that fucker. Like, I don't know. And it's sort of just like, I'm like, where did they? How did they get to that one point? It was a cool scene. I wish they kind of spent a little bit more time on it because it I like
0: that scene. But then
4: harrowing, but not as much they do, as they would
0: have liked. And they do the uh, what the uh the, the carriage scene uh, with the horse. Which I, the, I did like which was fine. But I mean, it was like they jumped from that to the carriage. scene. Yeah.
2: Can I ask a question about the carriage scene? Sure. Why did not they just stop the carriage? <laughs>
0: Don't know. Because I was like, why are we continuing
2: to run at like a breakneck pace with the with Ichabod, like fighting the horsemen on top what, of the dang carriage? That's what can't carriages do. It? They get
4: they they become runaway carriages <laughs> and you just can't stop them. The okay. horses get spooked and they just keep going.
2: Oh, OK, I see. Yes, I got think it
0: because uh, <laughs> to Burton, that's my
4: action movie logic for you.
0: He needed to make it a narrated movie, so we had to have like a chase scene. Without cars, it was a carriage and a horse.
4: I also thought for a guy who beheads people, he swung like overhand a lot in that scene where like, why won't you just cut the guy's head off when it was hanging over the carriage instead of trying to chop him like this?
2: Yeah, it you was need like, like a more lateral motion. Yeah, it was like
4: set up well, purposely well, so that Ichabod it, could like get away. You know,
0: it was Christopher Walken. I agree. He could have just said we need
4: more cowboys." I knew you were going to fucking say that.
0: Thank How going we take feel a drink? About- we're
4: going to have a drinking game whenever you say yeah, that.
2: Right. How do we feel about Christopher Walken as the horseman or the Hessian?
0: He was cool. I love the look of him. He doesn't speak. The teeth? The teeth? The teeth
4: look kind of wonky. Kind (laughs) of fake. They look better in the first scene when we see him. But when the, I, when he gets his face back, they look like he was holding in. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. That's the scene like when he comes teeth. back to life, and then he like has to go and kiss her. It literally looks like he's holding like his teeth, teeth in his teeth, mouth. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> he goes to speak. He said he goes to say something, but he can't. I'm I'm wondering if there was a scene where he was supposed to say something, he just couldn't get it out with the rubber teeth. I in his
1: think mouth. so. It looked like his mouth was full or something.
3: Um,
1: yeah. yeah, it looks. He was gonna wonderful. say. But I, I like him. Though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like him though. He looked awesome. I like the uh, were those
4: um contacts that he had in
3: mm-hmm. Probably. Just his,
4: like they, he looked and I loved his armor and like his look, his sword, the hilt of his sword, like he looked everything tough. about it. And they did a great job of like the headless horseman didn't look cheesy at all. Like he looked legitimately like he was a guy without a head. They did a really good job with that. It didn't look like a yeah. guy with like, something else on top of his head where he was looking through like the, the neck <laughs> of the shirt. You know, what I mean, like, how do you achieve that? It's tough, right? You got to be able to see.
3: Yeah. And I thought they I
4: did don't a really know. good job with that. There, well, there was, was like a CG.
2: There was they I, I do. They um. they had the actor wearing like a blue. Yeah, mm. but they were using blue for some reason. Yeah. Green. Um, but he had a blue mask on and then just, you know, edited out the blue. Yeah, mask. blue and say. green
4: work differently depending on what they're doing. So oh, is
2: that that was that what it
4: is? Yeah, sometimes green doesn't work with certain backgrounds and, and colors. Oh. So I think yeah, they, I, I guess bad.
0: the only time, you know, that it really worked was when Casper Van Dien was like acting like the headless horseman to scare uh, Ichabod Crane and threw the uh, flaming pumpkin at his head, mm. which, by the way, looked actually pretty cool.
4: It was cool. Like, how do you hold that fucking thing the whole time? Flaming pumpkin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that he didn't have the pumpkin. Like, because whenever I think of this story, I think of the flaming pumpkin. Right. But it's not like he has it all the time. Yeah. I thought in the story he wore it right as his head
1: instead. I, have to, uh, I, sworn I Well, had... that's the thing. In the cartoon, that's the cartoon. What, like, kind of what Jack was saying before head, right? is you don't actually know if it's the real horseman or somebody playing a okay. joke. And so there is like a, is it a flaming pumpkin in the cartoon? I think it is, right? That he throws it at It is. End?
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. But like there, there's a moment in the cartoon where, you know, it, it, during the chase sequence through the woods. Yeah when Ichabod looks straight down into the horseman's like mm, neck right, hole, and there's yeah. like it's like hollow and mm-hmm. he hears this like great like roaring laugh come mm-hmm. from down that like it would have been really hard for a human being to like squish down that's true that Good deep call, in the... yeah. <laughs> so in in the <laughs> oh, story yeah. it's left ambiguous and even mm-hmm. in the cartoon they there's like narration at the end from a old what's his name Bing Crosby He's yeah. like, so nobody ever really knew and some yeah because it shows him with another still, family
1: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah but that's like it's like the is like speculating like some folks say he's just up the river a ways mm-hmm. in the next village living mm-hmm. with so-and-so um but like you don't really know like you don't actually see him with another mm-hmm. family it's like you know it's speculated but um
3: mm-hmm.
2: i i always like to read read it that it really was the horseman yeah. and um in the original story i like to read it that way too um But, uh, but yeah, he does throw the flaming pumpkin. So Mm
1: yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's something I really have like come to appreciate about this as well. Like when I first came to Korea, I was like really engrossed by like the things that I didn't know and like the folklore and like, oh, I've never heard of this creature or this history. And when you go to places, even like people are drawn to Europe and places that just have hundreds or thousands thousands of years worth of history to like go back on these this legends and stuff and then as an American you kind of like we don't really have anything that old you know even when I think back of like as a kid what did you go to you know like oh you know the the confederate war recreations like oh that was a hundred years oh, ago sound- or like the liberty bell or something like that but over time I've really come to appreciate like the things that really make up the American folklore, even though it's not very old, but you know, what is it like pull from and stuff like this. And a lot of them kind of take place, you know, a lot of the Salem witch trials, you know, we have witches and like, that's like deeply rooted. And even like the idea of like scarecrows and these stories that have just been written over just a couple hundred years, But it's really nice to have this icon that everybody kind of knows, you know, you even if nobody's a horror fan. And actually, this is a movie that I show people who aren't that big in a horror, but want to get into the spooky season. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of makes me like a little proud of like, this is like an American folklore kind of tale this is something we have that's iconic that really kind of like speaks to the season and it's got you know this spooky vibe to it and i i've come to appreciate that more and more and actually kind of why i like the inclusion of the witchcraft in that because like that's it's not ours you know but it really is it it speaks to this kind of air of like Americana and stuff like that, that gives us a little bit of richness. We don't have that much history. You know, we don't have that much lore, but what we've got is pretty good. And I I just like to have like this kind of like in our pocket, you know, it's like, yeah, we've got this horseman. It's a cool story.
2: That's that's very well said.
0: Right. So, but witchcraft is more, isn't it more American or or Americana than anything? Any other place, you know, I mean,
1: um, I don't think so. Not particularly, I mean, you go back to things like Stonehenge and like things like that, like the pagan religions of like Ireland and like Scotland and like a lot like like our
4: episode from last week, Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I think, I mean, but a a lot of the way that the media portrays it now, like what you see in like films and stuff is kind of like drawn from that uh, from, from, American, off, like, from our iconography. Witchcraft. Yeah, especially because yeah. the ones like living out in the woods and stuff like that, <laughs> like that's it goes back to a lot of like the stuff from like Massachusetts and like San yeah. I like those kind of
3: things. Sure.
4: I think I, one good thing about American folklore is that um, some of it, a lot of it is borrowed from other cultures because of all the immigrants that were immigrating here. So like yes. they kind of crafted that and it's become American folklore. So it's kind of like a, you know,
3: uh-huh.
4: um, a melange, if you will. <laughs> of different, and you will. Different oh. lores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. kind of dig that, even though it's not all necessarily ours from this this area. But, you know, it's become Americana, like you said. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool.
2: Well, and that's yeah. like you know that's that's kind of like one sparkling aspect of Americanness. You know, like there there's a lot you can criticize about um, America and Americans, but but there is a certain like richness to certain aspects of our history and culture because of the unique nature of it being like a melange of immigrants mm-hmm. for the most part. And um, I'm I'm so taken with what you said, Justin, about the importance of like. Um, this story in American folklore and how known it is and how kind of significant it is even to our modern storytelling Mm -hmm. and to kind of like expand that into a wider point I feel like anybody who's really interested in horror I think should take interest in early like American folklore because I see in in early American folklore like the seeds of what kind of or like the DNA I guess Mm -hmm. of And the urban legend, I think, is so closely tied to horror in that it's like there's stories that people tell each other and, um, and they usually reflect some kind of like anxieties about something that's going on in, in, in life, in like mm-hmm. daily life. You know, like an, an urban legend doesn't work if it doesn't seem true or if it doesn't seem like something that you should that you could actually worry about. Like what? There's fucking alligators in the sewers or what? Yeah. Somebody's putting razor blades in the Halloween can. It has to ring true like, with the
4: audience that you're telling exactly. it to in order for yeah. them to be scared by it.
2: And so just to take the next step, like horror doesn't work if you can't suspe- if you can't like believe in it for a little while, even just for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And so it's like to me, like folklore leads to urban legend, leads to horror. Yeah. Um, so I feel I feel like that's an important thing to know as like your na- as your like your national storytelling history.
1: It really is, and also too, it like it really cements to it. It has to be relevant to the place as well. So, for instance, like the idea of, of like trolls in norway you know they have like giant vast mountains that span you know you'd be like maybe there are some giant trolls out there because i like, saw a troll hunter the movie like, there i've like, they're i, seen I it. love that mo- <laughs> i love that movie yeah yeah so that kind of stuff though of like that's so special to that area but it makes sense for their region because of like what's around and like you could you like it's all the uh, the whole idea of like folklore is it's supposed to like stick in the back of your mind and make you think like it's possible or Uh you know even as a kid or like is it really it has to be believable in like some kind of aspect and so yeah when you're talking about like the urban legends or stuff like that it has to a bigfoot has to have some woods to hide in you know everything has to be relevant to the region i think it just makes that area or that place like that much richer you know it adds the flavor to like life
0: Well, even on a smaller scale, you know, you're in a house that that was built in 1820. You know, you have ghosts that are that that are walking around this house of people that possibly died. You know, I mean, it it is the folklore. It's that 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 story you can tell of. okay, that that creek on the on the floor of somebody walking, even if it's just the house settling, it's like, yeah, that could be it. That
1: mm-hmm. be yeah. that's kind of funny about about Americana in a way though. The way we tell ghosts. because if you go anywhere else in the world, it's like, oh yeah, this this house is a hundred years old and somebody died here. It's like you go anywhere else, it's like, of course somebody died here. These houses are <laughs> yeah, it's hundreds I, of years old. There's nowhere
0: where nobody died. Yeah, <laughs> <There's exactly>. nowhere. <laughs> right. And you know, our mentality is like, no, it's a ghost. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's got just like, kind of funny.
0: That, that our mentality in America
2: is like it's more than twenty years old. Tear yeah. it down and build something new. Yeah,
1: exactly. I've got to get rid of the ghost.
4: Tear it up. There's ghosts here, <laughs> but now there's a Starbucks.
0: but you watch that. <laughs> you watch those shows. or are just like, what was that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, he said, "Hello, get out of here." <laughs> you're, you're
4: our idea of ghosts are a lot different than say, like, Asian culture. Like the way they portray ghosts, and so mm. everybody sees things a little differently based on their cultures. Mm-hmm.
0: Ever seen the wailing. Oh
4: yeah, yes. he's talked I about
2: watched, that. He's talked about that before.
1: That's like
0: yeah, I'm I watched that right because of
4: so. you guys covered it on Straight Chilling. Actually, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. It's I want to watch few, that again. Like,
1: it's once. one of the few kind of like possession and exorcism films that doesn't like. I mean, it does have it, but doesn't revolve around like the Catholic Church. Like, I nice thought it was.
0: I thought it was so interesting because that movie like just took two different sides of religion, you know? And again, oh. I don't, I don't understand Korean culture, but it was just so. Come on. We're that not film talking- has a lot to do with
1: Korean culture, but that's another, that's a totally another film. <laughs> yeah. Refer to a Straight Chillings episode on the whaling. Yeah, yeah. If you guys ever cover, cover the whaling, I'll come back on and we can talk about it. Dude, I'm so down.
0: I love that movie. Uh,
2: just to add one more point to what you guys were saying about folklore and the importance, um, Justin, what you I think what you said about the like the specific place of the stories being important is so true because that's one of the that's one of the like defining characteristics of folklore and folk legends and urban legends is that like the stories that people in one region tell each other don't always work somewhere else. Like they're Mm -hmm. very specific to a place. Like if you live in, if you live in like the desert of Arizona, an urban legend about alligators living in New York city sewers, doesn't mean anything to you. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem scary. And it definitely doesn't seem real or if it does like who cares. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: similarly, like, you know, myths and folk legends in new Orleans, aren't going to hit somebody who's a native New Yorker. Like, you know, what's going on in the swamp in the bayou and some kind of creature down there, like that, like doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that mm-hmm. doesn't like ring true or significant mm-hmm. to, to anybody someplace else. And so, you know, I'm sure there are studies on this by some kind of like folklore experts, but like, I don't know how, like the state of folklore and urban legends is faring in the internet age where like information is shared from place to place so quickly and like Ooh. i don't know
1: well it has its um... own... get the creepy pastas now right that's yeah yeah you have like slender mang and everything yeah, where yeah. it's you start to see folklore adjust to the times or it's you know or, like
2: folklore i guess
1: and that's a, that is one of the things to, to go back to folklore is it's important for each region and each type of people to have this type of thing. But one thing that's always comfort, like comforting to me is like, no matter where I go is it's a very human experience. Mm -hmm. You know, even though what you brought up of like, you know, ghosts in Asia are different than ghosts in like America, but we all talk about ghosts. We all talk about somebody going somewhere after they die. And so even though there's these twists and these things that make it so unique and special to it, at the same time, it's a very human experience yeah. to share those with each other. Well, here's our stories. Here's our stories. We tell stories, too. Oh, this because of where we live and this thing. But like mm-hmm. we still want to hear it and we're drawn to those things. And I think that's it's kind of like the dichotomy I've experienced of like traveling and being in a different culture. It's like you go somewhere and like they're eating a different food but the family still loves to share a meal together. You know, yeah. you go somewhere and they tell different stories, but they're still telling stories. They're still scaring each other. They're still, you know, doing these things. And like, there's a, a deep, deep comfort to that. That's um, fascinating to me,
0: which is they, like, like, like fascinating for sure. But like with this movie is that somebody had brought this, you know, this, this folklore back to town to kill people for, for, Profit, right mm-hmm. I mean, like like the gist of the story or or or, or like the end of the story yeah greed. yeah so this woman brought this you know the this folklore this this entity back to town so she can get money
4: yeah which i feel like is the I, root of most of these stories they're cautionary tales at the end of the day i don't know that's how we take them nowadays. I feel like that's why you tell mm-hmm. the kids them. You know, you tell children these stories sometimes to to yeah. ward them from doing things like don't be greedy, kids, because this is what happens.
0: Right, which was a, a problem with the movie because the end was like such a happy ending. It was just like okay, so everything. Not not to say that everybody made it out.
4: Not for not for Lady Vantassel.
0: <laughs> <It wasn't laughs> <that. laughs> no, I mean it wasn't perfect, but I mean it was just like. Okay, so you get rid of this person that is so greedy. that's bringing back this entity that's gonna destroy the town. But she has control of this entity that's going to destroy you for her own profit. But she ends up dying at the end, right? Yeah. Well, she's dragged to hell.
2: Well, she's dragged. Yeah, she's dragged down to hell. It's where maybe she doesn't die. Maybe it's she's a prequel just, like, to drag me to hell. And- Having to make out with Christopher Walken with the sharp teeth. All the way, part of me, like
4: all of eternity. She looked like she liked that a little bit. Like no, she was she like looked pretty
2: horrified she was mortified
4: but at the same time. She was sort of like she licked the blood and she was sort of like, I might be into this. She
0: wanted more cowbell.
4: Yeah. Oh, God.
2: Um, he was like,
4: give me some sugar. It's me, Billy. Aww.
2: Oh, God.
4: That
2: again. Uh, <laughs> Only the hardest core listeners yeah. who have been with us for a long time will. Uh, follow along that reference, but you guys um, can
1: say that now. Wow, yeah. congratulations! We do, we
4: have some hard with us people. Yeah, yeah
2: we do have some hard so with us folks.
4: Just going back, Jacqueline, I can confirm we do have alligators in the sewer in New York. So, and we also have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So. that's a thing,
2: <laughs> and they're hogging all the pizza.
4: Yeah, like I, it's, I ordered a pizza one day, it just didn't come. I don't know how
0: I'm sure now. Ouch, ouch. I got a splinter.
4: Uh, nice. Oh, no. John, maybe you should take that joke and <laughs> put it through the shredder.
0: Uh-huh,
4: uh-huh.
2: Oh, whoa. oh, God. <laughs> anyway. anyway, well, do you guys have any other major points that you want to make about this movie or should we give our rating? Uh,
4: one thing, just the fucking cast, man, stellar. Like not everybody gets like a real chance to shine 100 percent. Like they're all like smaller characters, but man, are they all good? And like Christopher Lee's in this movie, just in the very beginning, He's excellent though. Like he's a, a very little, little
2: cameo. That I dude has it.
4: presence, man. Whenever he Hell speaks, yeah. bro. Fuck yeah, and I just love it. I love just the cast in general. There's so many different people, and I when I was looking up, the, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people in this cast that are unaccredited too. Really? Uh, yeah, like. I can't remember. What did you say, John? Like, um, give me one second. There was one of them that surprised me. I
1: didn't write it down. It's always fun, like I always forget like the uh Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter's in this. I always forget yeah. the actor's name he's in here I'm uh, Martin Landau is, is in this movie and he's unaccredited oh, right
3: yeah. he
4: plays yes. peter van Garrett yes. Garrett yes. do we ever actually see him? We do we do okay, so like it's just, there's a- there's like, at least like six or seven people unaccredited for
0: there's just one more guy. than that actually. Yeah, there's one guy that, that's in here that's actually a good actor, but he's a piece of shit. Jeffrey um, Jones. Who? Jeffrey Jones. He plays the... I, I guess he plays the pastor.
2: Oh, him? So what, what do you know Beetle him Juice, from? Beetlejuice,
0: right?
1: Beetlejuice. I, I know him from Ferris and, Bueller's and, Day Off also. Is yep, any of the dad he, in Beetlejuice?
4: He is. He is? Yeah, okay. He's, he's not player. in
2: Ferris Bueller. He looks like the guy in Ferris Bueller. Wait, no, is that? No, no, he? no, he's the
4: principal in Ferris. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he's also I... in Howard the Duck.
2: I always think of him as the guy in The Devil's Advocate. Anybody here a fan of Devil's Advocate? I love, I love that, that Keanu movie. Reeves and Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. I fucking oh, love my that movie. He a great, so he he's had a great Bar-
4: ass. No, I'm just going to stop <laughs> from that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie
2: Barzun in that movie. So that's where that's what I always think of when I see him. But I know oh, that's really, one of those right. actors that I never know his
1: name either. So maybe we should cover that one.
2: I love that movie. I told you
1: that oh, might be a God. good uh, pick for creature comforts, maybe. Yeah, good. I've got a list on there. It's got stuff like Cable Guy and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> cable guy. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. What audience.
0: the fuck is Mrs. Doubtfire? And he's gonna come on for that
1: one because he's a dude. Big, you, that could be seen of- as like a creepy movie. <laughs>
0: yeah Robin I, I williams is a creeper in that movie holy shit. i mean you, you guys are ruining childhood if you spend i mean
1: even a i even movie. have the possibility of christmas vacation you know i mean that's that well chevy Chase chases <laughs> it I'll, I'll have to get there but it...
2: <laughs> no wait a minute how can christmas vacation be creepy just give me one oh. little nugget
1: okay i mean they kidnap blessing the yeah shitters <laughs> <laughs> The blast. I mean, having that,
4: having Grace. having that one in-, in law that just won't fucking keeps overstaying as welcome. That's creepy. Like, what man. about
2: Bob? Like, what about Bob is yeah. What about it Bob
1: is. could be yeah? That shit actually legit like gives me anxiety. Me too. <laughs> now, what about? Bob? I think that's kind of like what it is about. It. Too. It's like the real life anxiety of like what really like fear. Fear is one thing, but like, what about anxiety as a fear? You yeah. know.
2: You know, a movie that really gives me anxiety is is meet the parents.
1: Yeah. Mm, Yeah. It
2: gives Mm -hmm. me so much anxiety. Mm -hmm.
4: I think What About Bob is an interesting film too. nowadays seeing through Mm -hmm. a lens where we are more focused on mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and like what it's what it's like to have it. You know what I mean? Like with the different Mm -hmm. types of mental health issues that we have, you know, that we didn't we didn't realize where people were dealing with back in the day. So I think what about Bob is interesting to to tackle actually.
2: OK, so now I see the connection with Cousin Eddie. I got it. Yeah, uh-huh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need more cowbell.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Well, shall we wrap this up and give our ratings? Absolutely. You guys?
0: Jacqueline, because because I got covid. Um, what are you feeling about Sleepy Hollow from 1999?
2: I feel real good about sleepy hollow from 1999 um you know i think i think we all voiced some good points about things that don't work in this movie and strangely enough like justin said um i think the biggest problem in this movie is like the storytelling gets convoluted as to like the explanation for why you know so-and-so needs the horseman to go kill so-and-so like it doesn't really make sense but i also agree that like because i have such a fondness for the rest of the movie it doesn't matter so much like i kind of just gloss over that part mentally and i just kind of enjoy the rest of it um i agree that the cast is really great i just wish that certain members of the cast had more to do um like some of those like some of the old like the town elders or whatever who get killed like i would have liked to see their characters doing more stuff like those are some good actors um I would have liked to have seen Miranda Richardson have better dialogue and kind of a more fleshed out character. Like I wish we kind of spent more time with her and maybe felt even a little bit like, Um, endeared to her a little bit like you know if we had been able to see her as like spend more time with her as like a warm and nurturing kind of figure Mm -hmm. for that to then be like flipped on its head and she's really the villain behind all this because I think she's a really good actress
3: she
4: is
2: but I feel like her big scene is like the info dump at the end and I I really don't care for that it's not like artfully done at all it's just like the most it's like just the info dumpiest info dump. It's like
4: very, <laughs> You're absolutely right.
2: Uh, I mean, it's like so it blatant. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's all it was. It was an info dump.
2: Yeah, it's
4: really surprising that it's even in this movie. Yeah,
2: right. it's like it's just like not great writing and um, and something about that whole little knot at that part, like the info dump and the reveal and blah. It if it, it has this like unpleasant like late nineties kind of feel to like, I feel like a lot of movies kind of had that little formula and with like the climactic moment and the reveal and the monologue and the action thing. And um, I just, I don't love that part of it. And so that kind of, but it doesn't make me not like the movie. It just means that I kind of tune out a little bit, like don't really pay close attention to those to like what's going on in those moments, but the rest of it works so well for me. And it, you know, like I I'm, I'm you know a hardcore like literature enthusiast and I love you know my source material and all that but I actually don't mind that the other stuff in this story um, at times strays far from the original story like I don't mind that Ichabod Crane has turned from a school teacher into a constable um, like because for the sake of the story it works better and you know the like all the kind of like external stuff in the story is kind of changed but i like that the kernel is still the same like the kernel of the story is that there's a headless horseman who comes back and chops people's heads off and this town is terrorized and somebody's trying to like figure it out i like that and and that like the the, like the seed of the story is still there and so whatever else they do with the rest of it, it it doesn't bother me it's it's fine um but yeah, I mean, it's just always given me those spooky vibes. I love um, I actually really like Christina Ricci in this role. I hear what you guys are saying about the lack of chemistry, especially early on. But individually, like Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci are, are kind of two of my favorite people. And they both tend to show up a lot in some kind of creepy, dark stuff. Like I kind of think of both of them, both of them as just sort of like creepy, creepy people, like in a good way. Um you know, Christina Ricci is kind of always like Wednesday Adams for me. And Johnny Depp is kind of always like Tim Burton's, you know, right-hand man. I always just think of him and, and Tim Burton as being linked. I know they've done a lot of others, you know, t- uh, Johnny Depp has done a lot of other stuff, but I just, in, in my heart, I kind of place him in all those Tim Burton movies. And that's what I think of him in first and foremost. But, um, I, I forgot to say this earlier. I do. <laughs> I do love how, at various points throughout the movie, Christina Ricci kind of gets like caught doing something, or whatever. And she's like, Now do you think me wicked? <laughs> and she has this kind of tone like she's kind of hoping he'll be like, Yes, mm. you Saudi girl. And yeah, like she kind spooky. of is like, She's kind of like getting off on this idea of her being wicked. And she kind of wants him to like, you know, think of her that way. So I'm always amused by that moment. So, um, Yeah. I mean, there's, to me, there's just a lot to like in this movie. I think it's really charming. I think that artistically it's very like well-designed. I think production design was great. Um, It just, it really is effective in creating a whole mood. Um, I love the forests. I love the mist. I love the little town. I love, I love the discussion that it sparked among us about like small towns and superstition versus like big city and big city ideas. And um how outsiders are treated and the the role of folklore and I, I love it all and so that's um you know there's a lot of like richness in this story that maybe you don't think about the first time around but I'm, I'm glad that we talked about it here today so um I I I really like this movie I'm going to come in at a 7.5 out of 10 now do you think me wicked's <laughs> So that's that. Um, Justin, as our esteemed guest, would you like to give your rating next?
1: Uh, sure. Um, I really like this movie. I like feel the need to watch it every time spooky season rolls around, late September, early October, every time. Um, like I said, I find it a good movie to show to people who aren't particularly into horror, even though it's got a lot of gore. Um, People seem to be able to tolerate it really well. And so in that way, it's this weird kind of nice bridge where it's still an R-rated film, you know, that's got a lot of spooky vibes, a lot of gore and stuff to it. But somehow, like, people who aren't into horror can tolerate it and kind of see it as that, like, oh, this is fun for the season as well. Like, oh, I'm not typically into horror, but it's Halloween, so let's watch something kind of spooky, and they dig on that. So I like it for that as well. um I use that a lot, or I use it a lot for that kind of purpose. um One thing that we didn't – we touched on it like a little bit, but I, I specifically want to praise it here is um, – there's a lot of really like clever dialogue and it's delivered really well too. There's one time where he comes into his room and he's like, Katrina, what are you doing here? Or what are you doing in my room? And she's like, well, it's your it's room yours. or something. Yeah. It's, your, it's because it's yours or something. It's just like, "Why are you in my room? And she
4: says, cause it's yours.
1: Yeah. Because it is yours or whatever. And so yeah. they, I, I think they do have a good chemistry in those kind of like lines of dialogue. Um, Again, she delivers the line of like, the i gave you a kiss without thought or reason kind of going against his like you know need for thought and reason they just have a lot of those little kind of clever lines that work really well between them um i do agree that the the story's convoluted and most of the characters um are are mostly just red shirts um they they are just kind of there to give us some good uh Kills from the horseman, which which is okay in a sense. Like I said, it doesn't actually really bother me. Um, and it's this weird kind of in between though, of where sometimes I feel like ah, this movie could be cut down, or this movie should be expanded to be longer. It's like an hour 45, and like I always feel kind of a push and pull to go either way. Um, right, yeah, yeah. So I think it's got a lot of cool gore. Christopher Walken, like we said, the cast is a lot of fun. Um and I love the aesthetic and um, yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Um, it's one of my favorite from Tim Burton. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight out of ten uh, pumpkin heads. <laughs> Pumpkins. <laughs> Flaming pumpkin heads.
2: Pumpkins.
3: Pumpkins. Pumpkins.
2: <laughs> All right. Eight out of ten pumpkin heads.
3: Uh oh. Uh yeah, I agree with a lot of the stuff that
4: you guys said. Um, I think as usual, uh, as for a Burton film, like this has a great score. The score is just, I noticed it as soon as I started the film, and it just started cueing in, and then Danny Elfman's name appeared. You're like obviously. of course. And I was like of course, like fucking a, like it was just really good. It just, I don't know, I and mean, it just sets the tone so well. Um, I think the atmosphere though and also like the tone are like superbly done like this is this film nails it as far as like that spooky fall vibe Um, it just nails I know it changes some things on the lore and stuff like that but for overall like just the set pieces and everything like it nails that spooky tone that you want from a film like this and like we've come to expect Burton to do that so it's not like surprising but still I'm still I still have to commend it like over time and time again, you keep nailing this tone in your films and I got to give it to you. Like, you just, you just know that's like his fucking thing. Like that spooky vibe. I think the acting's fantastic. I do think there are a couple lines that are given a little bit stiff, but I think that's part of the writings issue, not the, the actors giving it. I think overall, there's so many good actors and like as a, almost like a negative, like you said, we don't get enough time to spend with some of these actors. I wish they had more time to chew the scenery. I would have loved to see Christopher Lee, take the trip with fucking Johnny Depp and come to this town or like just a little like it was cool that he was in it. I wish we got more of it. I wish we got more of the town uh, and the 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 higher ups in the town and whatever they were plotting. I wish we saw some more of that, the back and forth, maybe some whispering or just anything. Just I don't know. Um, I think the gore is surprisingly good. I was so surprised. I forgot how good the gore is in this film. Like it's. Yeah. It's like a fucking horror film, you know, and I was just like, damn, like I know there's no blood when the horseman cuts heads off because he's got the health, the hell sword or whatever. It's got the fire of hell, like it cauterizes things. And that might have been also a plot device to make not so much gore so they can get a lower rating, but it works. But like when there is blood, I think it's great and I think it's just to see Johnny because De- Johnny Japs just gets sprayed in the face of blood like the entire film. Like every time there's blood, it's almost always going to get on his face. <laughs> and I kind of love that about this film. Um, so I dig that. I dig the, the choreography of the horsemen. I thought they they paid a lot of attention to that. And I thought that was really well done. Like he seemed super capable with a sword. He was mobile. He was all over the place. He wasn't just like a big imposing like monster. He was in a sense, but also he like he could jump around. He could climb like he shot the fucking thing and like used the the rope to to bring himself up the windmill like i love that i just loved how the capability of him and the the verticality of like how he would move around like he wasn't just a guy on a horse chopping off heads and yeah, I yeah it them.
2: wasn't like a lumbering zombie like no
4: and not at all and like he wasn't there to kill everybody in the room he was there to kill his fucking targets and if you got in his way eventually and annoyed him enough like a mosquito he would swatch you like <laughs> which happened to brahm right like he that's he a good point. Killing right? Brom because Brom was just aggressive, too aggressive. He yeah, didn't he was even like try
2: to push him aside and yeah, he doesn't out, even like, kill
4: um, Cr- Crane. Right. Right. He 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 wounds him possibly more, you know, mortally wounds him. But like, you know, he, he like throws him over Brom in, in half, you know, mm-hmm. because he was annoying him like a gnat. Um, so I dig that about that, you know, like it was he was a man on a task like the Terminator almost and nobody else got in his way. Um, some of the cons, something felt off to me with the pacing or the editing of the film. They rushed through certain scenes. I felt like they could have spent more time on this. Like, like you said, Justin, I think you said it like it could have been longer or shorter. It's hard to tell what would have worked, but there was something missing, right? Like, it's hard to put your finger on it. But I felt like something in the final process of this film. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you, but I just know that like there's something missing that would have elevated a little bit more for me a little bit more time spent on certain characters, maybe a little less time in certain things or slow down here, speed up there. It's hard to tell. I'm not a filmmaker, you know, (laughs) who am I to criticize? But that's my job now tonight. So like that is a con. I thought Lady Van uh, Tassel's info dump was awful. It's so bad. It's painful. Yeah, it's like I don't get it. Like the writing's mostly good for the whole film and then boom. You just info dump on us. i almost, I'd almost rather not know half the shit that was going on with her info dump than have her tell it all to me in a final like. Th- and she was like the ultimate villain telling the damsel in distress what her plan was like, come on. It was kind of ridiculous. Very
2: like early Bond villainy. Kind yeah.
4: Of Which kind of works for those characters. <laughs> but for her, I just felt like she's well, a you, smarter woman. When well, she's a she good a sister too. I wish we would have saw more of a, her sister. Yeah. I feel like there's an extended cut of this film that we'll never get that like would have solved a lot of the problems that we have. Like, what if she went and visited her sister and we saw that her sister was still alive, or there was like in a moment where they they went, they talked or something. I don't know. Like that would have been interesting to me.
0: Yeah.
4: That's... Um, you know, the lady in the woods. Maybe if they had portrayed the sister as the villain, like, oh, there's a woman in the woods. We heard that she's a witch. And then like that was the person that they were putting it all on. And then it turns out nope, it's her sister who's you know infiltrated everybody in town. That would have been interesting. That's a
2: good idea. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, some of the scenes, like I said, were just like the writing felt a little off and the performances came off as a little stiff, especially the romance between Depp and Christina Ricci's character at the beginning. I believed it in the end, though. In the end, I believed it. But like you only spent the week together and like I know Brahm wasn't like the nicest guy, but I'm sure he was OK. He seemed like he cared about his girlfriend, at least. Enough that like you should have cried a little bit more than one day's worth of tears for the guy. Like, come on. <laughs> but <laughs> I know, you know, sometimes true love knows no bounds, right? Like she's like, I'm
2: done. I'm done.
4: with. Yeah, that. I'm done. I moved on to, you, <laughs> 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 on to you, Ichabod. Maybe she liked the man more for his brains than his brawn. So I get that <clears throat> <clears throat> or his brahm. <clears throat> oh, nice. Mm. So with that said, I'm going to give Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Now, do you think me wickeds
2: Oh, all right. <laughs> Cool. I like it when we're kind of on the same page. It like makes me feel validated mm. sometimes.
4: <laughs> I thought you guys might come in a little higher, to be honest, just based <laughs> off on of no- I don't have a huge nostalgic like mm. pull with this movie. Like I watched it a little, you know. I wasn't. Oh. We're all of the similar age, except for Soju. He's like 23. But yeah, I'm
1: super young. So yeah. So like, you me... <laughs> did yeah.
4: you
2: see this in the theater? Or what was your first? I uh,
4: I movie? believe I did. It's hard to remember. I know I saw <coughs> Sweeney Todd in the theater. I can't remember mm. if I seen this, which we should probably cover. This has a day.
2: lot of similar vibes. I don't know. I feel like you get mad at me if I pick too many musicals. So I'm, like, trying well, to I am like, I like Sweeney Todd.
4: I believe it or not, <laughs> I like that movie. And okay. I like I like the back and forth that this movie does also where there's like it's a musical, yes, but it's fucking macabre as fuck. And there's some gore and like some gruesome, grotesque stuff going on in that film. And I dig yeah. that kind of like melange.
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> there's like a, a very similar vibe to Sweeney Todd as as this movie. Yeah, if anything, I think he
4: perfected his technique after this one into Sweeney Todd
2: could be. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. All right, Johnny. Yeah, yo. Yeah. What's your rating? Uh, yeah, yo. Wow. Uh, Man, it's hard to argue against anything you guys have said about this movie. Uh, I love the look of this movie. The acting was spot on. I hated that, that, that uh, monologue <laughs> of our antagonist at the end of the movie. I thought that totally sucked. But you know what? I think this is a movie that you could watch in any uh, Halloween season. To get you started off or maybe even halfway through um wow i'm getting choked up just because i want to cough uh Mm. i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten what what was the uh measurement
2: now do you think me wicked
0: eight out of ten Now, do you think me wicked
1: oh did i did i I, I break precedent it's okay the guests always do that they do that all the time it's okay (laughs)
4: I, Amy not. last week gave our film. Um, what was it? Uh, I think that's what was. Kind of, two titty sucks. So like, yeah,
1: I think that's what was fresh on my mind. I was listening to that episode yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, I need to come up with a, that episode." Little... I listened to it twice. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. Listening it, to
3: that It was mustache
0: rides, but yeah. you no, know, that's uh,
4: eight. Shout out to Amy, by the way. I didn't get a She's chance great. to do
0: that yet. Yeah, 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 she was a great so guest. Episode.
2: I think it's kind of fun. That so far for the whole month of October, we've had a guest for every episode. So that's me. that's kind of yeah. like fun to include all of our friends
0: We're in totally spooky dead. season. We totally did.
2: Um, I wanted to say one thing that I forgot to mention about Sleepy Hollow. Um, I was talking with some friends and um, a couple of people that I know. They don't love like the whole overall tone of this movie. They like, um, in particular, one friend was like, "You know, it's really weird that." Johnny Depp's character has this kind of like humorous, kind of quirky personality, but then meanwhile, like the backdrop is like this very real horror that's happening. He's like, it's just a weird tone. I don't dig the like kind of um, what's the word I need, like kind of the, levity. The, the space between the two of them.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: and I thought about that for a while. I was like, is he right? Is that like a weird combination of like tones? But um, after I thought about it for a while, I I. I still like it because I think, A, it works for Tim Burton. Like there's something about his like the unique Tim Burton soup that kind of allows for that. That's like there's like a quirky, slightly humorous, um, you know, acting style by the actor sometimes. In particular, Johnny Depp, you know, we see him do those sorts of characters a lot, like the Willy Wonka and the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um But then at the same time, there's like kind of real, real horror happening and or like real darkness at least happening. And so I don't know that combo for me, Tim Burton is able to pull it off. I'm not sure that just anyone could do this, could attempt the same thing and pull it off. But I think Tim Burton does it. And I would also argue that it really does fit again with the original source material. Because in the legend of Sleepy Hollow, like the people in the town really are terrified of this apparition. And they really believe that there is like a demon spirit that returns from the grave to like terrorize people and chop off heads. But at the same time, the character of Ichabod Crane in the story is pretty humorous. Like he's described as being like ugly and having feet like shovels and he's like trying to schmooze all the ladies just so that they'll like feed him and he's hoping to like strike it rich and um you know he's described as kind of flapping around with his co- his coat flaps in the way he looks like a bird or he looks like a scarecrow like he's supposed to be a slightly ridiculous character and so it's not a totally straightforward. It's not like Brahm is the the protagonist of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Like Ichabod is a is an odd figure mm-hmm. um, and a ridiculous one. And I think he's meant to be slightly humorous. And so I think the the source material itself strikes that balance between the quirky and the like the really dark. And and right. so for me, in this, in this movie, the way that Tim Burton kind of carries that out, I think it works. And again, That's my opinion. I-
0: like me watching the Disney version of it is that Johnny Depp is not the right pick for this movie. I mean, because again, Ichabod Crane is like this kind of lanky, you know, awkward-looking guy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Depp's a good-looking guy, but he's short. I mm. <laughs> he's my height. You know, he's five nine. So it's like, okay, so who would be a better pick for that? Mm. Somebody lanky, some somebody kind of awkward.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, I think I, I think too. We've seen like Tim Burton as he's grown and grown and grown, like not have as much restraint. So as you were saying, like oh, it's a quirky like. So I look at something like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I'm like, man, that dude just had no restraint on the yes yeah. You know, he really was just like, let's go buck wall with it. Whereas this one, like, I could see that argument. But I'm like, it gets much worse, you know. And even in like some of the Batman films, he's always got that kind of weird thing that where it's like serious and it's dark, but then there's like some wild things going on, you know, like, like Michelle Pfeiffer and
3: yeah, or, like yeah. the
1: way Michelle Pfeiffer like yeah. literally licks herself like a cat. I mean, it's so quirky it. and weird and stuff. Yeah, but that's kind of like his brand. So, so I feel
2: like it depends on the viewer. Then, like if that, like yeah. if that's your thing, then but it's not for everybody. Right, But like sure, if you yeah. like that kind of thing, then it's going to work for you. Like if you if you already know that you like the Tim Burton thing, you know, mm-hmm. TM and yeah. then it's like, then that works. But if that's if that's off putting to you, then this isn't going to work. Okay. For you.
4: by this, by the time this film came out, I feel like you either are on the Tim Burton train or yeah. you're not like. That's well, so do
0: I, I agree with I agree. you. I, I think that, you know, you like it or you don't, you know, but I think that, that Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman is iconic uh and and um you know Danny DeVito playing a (laughs) penguin was perfect yeah but again Ichabod Crane was was kind of described as this lanky awkward guy Mm -hmm. you know and Johnny Depp is not that but Johnny he's he's pretty
4: he was awkward
0: he was awkward absolutely like
2: awkward in personality I think, but but he
0: he played a perfect Willy Wonka you know just Mm. kind of that you know, out of this world, just looking off into the space. And, you know,
2: I, I, I thought that that, was- that, did, that did go crazy. That was pretty over the top.
0: So.
3: Michael
4: Jackson is your idea. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was his inspiration. He said it. How about, no, really?
0: How about- I'm pretty yeah. sure he heard that Shinga and Kelly playing Ichabod Crane. OK,
2: I was going to say, like, maybe Tattoo. Tom Hiddleston.
0: What? Yeah, I could see oh, that.
2: Uh, Tom Hiddleston.
1: Yeah. Hiddleston's got the range. Oh, well, I feel actually, like he yeah. could pull.
4: I could see, and as could an he man, could do. like it. I could see him doing that sort of.
1: The one, the guard that played, um, that Bill? played the clown, mm. Bill,
2: mm, Bill. Yeah,
1: yeah Bill. I always Skarsgård. get that mixed. <laughs> Which one? Alex was yeah. the Northman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Bill Skarsgård could be. He's kind of like lanky, isn't he? Yeah. See, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, he
1: yeah. is lanky actually. He's playing the crow though. Mm, yeah, is he? Oh, it's not the other. I thought it was the um, no, it's him, Northman. Yeah, no, okay. it's good. I just Bill. get them mixed. Up. Yeah,
2: which which Scarsgard is with? Yeah,
0: I don't know. And then there's the, don't the dad.
2: Uh, yeah, there's the da- Stellan.
3: Yeah,
0: <clears throat> no, uh, no, 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 it's not Stellan, it's Eric.
2: Well, then who's Stellan? That's the uh, <laughs> there's a Stellan Skarsgård. but yeah, what, is, he is he an dad? uncle? No, he's
0: the dad.
2: What? I think you just said it was Eric or somebody. What? Who are you?
0: No, the guy that played Eric on on uh, True Blood. Oh, oh, I
2: don't know who that is. I don't.
0: That's what we're talking about. Uh,
2: I I I didn't know we were talking about True Blood characters. uh, We're just talking about. Alexander
0: Alexander is the uh, older brother that was on.
2: Okay.
4: uh, Okay. Yeah, that's the one from true blood and from okay. the
0: north
2: i was just saying that stellan is the dad that's all I, was is, saying.
0: I know that's i was agreeing with you oh okay or,
2: um oh so you was talking know. about um clever dialogue there's one scene in sleepy hollow that i love that i forgot to mention when he's finally convinced of the horseman, he's like in bed with the covers pulled up over him, <laughs> him and everybody's like what's wrong with you and he's like he's he real i saw him it's real <laughs> and they're like Yes, we know. That's what yeah. we've been telling you. And he's like, no, no. But I saw really her. real. And they're like, yes, we know. Any
0: right? Yep. <laughs> he passes out.
4: That's he's when after that five. he is that when he wakes up to the lady by his side, or or another? that was when he was a different scene.
2: I think it was a different scene. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, yeah, we we know, we know about this. <laughs>
0: how, how much more trivia do we have?
4: Oh,
2: I there's so there's actually like a ton, some really good
4: stuff. I, I looked a little bit
2: a ton of trivia. I will I'll try to just hit some. some do you of have the, the horse ones. trivia. What? Do
4: you have the trivia about the horse? I okay. do. That's yeah. my first one. I think. <laughs> I really it's was hoping you got that. One.
2: <clears throat> I think it's the first one, and I was like, oop! I'm yeah, marking this so one because cool. I was cool I always mark the ones that I want to include. So Johnny Depp adopted Goldeneye, the horse that played Gunpowder Ichabod Crane's horse in this film, because he heard he was going to be put down.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, he adopted the horse. Down. That's
4: that's a dope story. Aww. I don't
2: know. I don't know, but I'm glad he adopted him. That's sweet. Um. So this is interesting. The idea of the headless horseman actually dates back to the Middle Ages in Europe, largely in Celtic and German folklore. While Washington Irving's horseman can be considered the most famous, most areas of the United States during the time of the story's publishing had their own stories of headless horsemen. So, like headless horseman epidemic. Irvings is said to be inspired by the headless body of a Hessian Jaegers, renowned sharpshooters and horsemen, who was found in Sleepy Hollow. The real Van Tassels, there were real Van Tassels apparently, mm-hmm. buried him in old Dutch burying ground in an unmarked grave.
4: Yeah. She's Ooh, like the now un- I want to find soldier. it. Oh, I also saw that down. there was like, arabic versions of this story as well oh. oh
2: i didn't see that one i like i did not have time to go through all yeah, because, because it originated of like, way oh
4: before cares. this story ever was actually created oh. the actual the oh. horse, had this horseman story so mm. which is interesting and it goes back to what we were saying about folklore before how it borrows sometimes oh. so
2: yeah like, like most cultures have some kind of like creationist or like or like human origin story and yeah. like most ki- most cultures have a story to explain this or explain that but I didn't know so many cultures had a headless horseman story.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Johnny Depp did all of his own stunts for the um the scene where he's being dragged by the horse. Wow, that that really? looks terrible. He had bulletproof clothing underneath his wardrobe. Somehow <laughs> I just don't think that would be enough. Like no yeah. matter even if being you're not getting, like
4: pretty hard too. Yeah, yeah, even if, you if you're like, getting
2: stabbed with sticks and stuff, you're still getting, like, bounced yeah. over, like, tree roots and shit. Like, that's not going to feel good. It's going to, like, you're going to huh. break your teeth.
4: Kudos to Johnny yeah. Depp
0: for that. I,
2: I didn't know he had it in him. Um,
0: His dog stepped on a bee.
2: <gasps>
3: what?
0: Sorry, sorry. That was. Oh, uh,
2: the ho- oh, about the horse again. The horse that Ichabod Crane rides provided a lot of amusement for the casting crew because it was extremely flatulent.
4: I was just gonna say, <laughs> did poop or something?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of that. I guess. Yeah, um, I'll smell you later. Washington Irving claimed that Ichabod Crane and Katrina Van Tassel were were real people. Ichabod Crane was based on Colonel Ichabod Bennett Crane, who was born in 1787 and fought in the War of 1812. Washington Irving and Colonel Ichabod Crane had met in 1814 at Fort Pike, located on Lake Ontario in Sackett's Harbor, New York. Heidenberger, I think you need to go on like a field trip up to like the Tarrytown area and see if you (laughs) can find any evidence. All right. So
4: that's my task, John, you have to go to the mustache waxing place from...
2: No, he's going to go to the bar.
4: Oh, the bar. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. mistakenly. The
2: no, bar. we don't have any Florida. What hard. we're
0: going to do is we're going to try to break Jacqueline as she's doing trivia. So
2: break me. Oh, God, we,
0: no have, we have we have It we doesn't take
2: do. much, you guys. <laughs> right. It's
0: Bergen. I'm on scene for
4: a cut above and I'm at the everybody what, what's the location.
0: <laughs> make a fart <laughs> down to or to say my so. lines. Make it a or Oh, my God. Hyderberg.
4: What's my motivation?
2: I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out on your own. I can't think everybody's thoughts for them.
0: Hydra. Burke. Uh, oh,
2: my God,
0: oh, he's breaking already.
2: Well, it's been nice having a podcast with you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you. covid has gone
4: to John's head, guys.
2: Yeah, right. He's he's out of his mind. I'm sorry. Uh, the cast and crew often said the feeling one had walking around sleepy, Sleepy Hollow sets, and in particular, the town at Lime Tree was almost as if you were walking around the inside of Tim Burton's head. And they built like a whole town. It wasn't just like building facades and stuff for the town. They built like whole buildings with basements That's and shit. Awesome. Yeah. And That'd then at so the end fun. of production, they just tore it all down.
1: That sucks. I wish they well, would I take that as like an amusement place. Exactly. I would sell it to somebody who wants Makes to some like, revenue off of it. yeah, like walk people around it, use it as like a little theme park. Yeah. Like they should
2: put that in Terrytown or like the, the site where Sleepy Do Hall a tour is where to you
1: come around like some guy
4: comes yeah, on a horse so without a head and, off of and that, like right. scares the people.
2: I, I think that would be brilliant um it was actually filmed mostly in england actually uh,
4: so uh, you know. it wasn't like
2: it was in new york oh, it wasn't sure. like on location but okay. uh mostly in england
4: that's how they got that drabby sort of look to the environment
2: yeah so they tried to shoot in upstate new york and have you know locations that were closer to you know the, what's in the story but mm-hmm. it just didn't, it didn't it's work not that foggy
3: here like, like, hmm.
2: they <laughs> couldn't get it to, they couldn't get it to look right um uh, all the exteriors were shot with a blue filter. So whenever there was blood, in order to make it appear red, they had to um, use liquid that was like bright orange.
3: Mm. So that, that explains why John blue, said it, it stood out. Be... Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So it never looks dark enough. You know, it never looks yeah. like, you know, dark blood has like a component, of, like real blood has sort of a brown component to
4: it. But The darkest um, it looks is when it's coming from the tree, like when it first starts coming out of the tree.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah,
2: agreed. yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oh, um, director Tim Burton says the film was inspired by the gothic horror films of Mario Bava and Hammer film productions. Burton brought Hammer veteran Michael Gao,
4: Chris- I don't know how to say Christopher it. Lee.
2: Yeah, Michael Gao out of retirement for a small role. I don't know who he was. And recru- recruited Sir Christopher Lee, of course, a veteran of both Hammer and Bava's films, for a cameo.
0: I felt really bad for Christopher Lee in that part. Because he was like all leaned over and just you know, delivering those lines perfectly. But he was just it didn't. Yeah, he didn't look well.
2: Oh, no,
4: so. uh, Michael Gow was the notary.
2: Oh, okay. no, 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 no. He had a lot
4: of makeup, though. And he had the false eye, the fake eye mm. and like that mullet.
2: And like a weird. Oh, yeah.
4: So he played Alfred Pennyworth, I believe in on Tim Burton's Batman. Did he? I mm. believe so. Yes. Now that I'm looking at the character, yes, he was Alfred and and batman from
3: 1989
2: Hmm. Uh, i don't know why but this this trivia fact tickles me this movie and bringing out the dead from 1999 were the last movies ever to be released on laserdisc
0: Okay, Nicholas Cage, bringing out
3: Cage, yeah, that was Nicholas Cage,
0: wasn't it?
4: I bet like Michael from Horror *Apocalypse* owns those laser discs.
1: <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Somebody used to have a. I think Rob used to have a huge collection of, of laser discs that he just. Of he did because he he's gave got gave to, a to transfer Drew, from each I think. format to each. What did he do with them? Format? He gave them away to Drew. Really, from the podcast, our old cast member, yeah, yeah. Drew. The serial killer, right? Serial killer, Drew. Yeah, owner you if Drew has
2: still this. has
1: them. Do you still? Drew still lives in Florida? Mm, sure, yeah. He still lives in Jackson. You guys should have him on one day. Yeah, we should. I don't You yeah, should uh, do
4: like a usual suspects yeah. week where you kind of have like a couple yeah. of guys back on. Yeah. Are
0: you gonna uh, tell us what you're doing for like 400th episode?
4: A documentary.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we've seen the trailer you. now.
1: We have I can't tell you because i don't know no i'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. come on Hey, know no, these it's guys coming are up soon we yeah, just, it's we just up very soon. yeah we're just we just did 394 so oh we got six weeks six
2: left. weeks holy shit <laughs>
1: and one of those weeks i gotta fly back to florida so oof, I got a lot. So holy shit crazy.
2: wow for the holidays i assume
3: mm-hmm. yeah all right well, cool all right jack all right continue.
2: well i'm just I, no i'm i'm done <laughs> I'm the
4: truth. I did read um, I'm not going to quote them all, but there were a lot of goofs with this film from what I read, like as far as like time wise, like Jack O'Lanterns weren't happening during this time of, mm-hmm. of year mm. uh, this time during when this is set. There were a lot of like time stuff that was off. But I mean, who fucking cares, to be honest? Yeah. A lot of them were like within like a 10 or 12 year span, whether behind or uh, ahead of this film. Those breaches
2: place- are not
3: historically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, But there were a lot of stuff that I I don't know if they researched it thoroughly Or they just decided like who cares right now Like let's just tell the story Yeah and we'll take it we'll put it in any place In America sort of vibe like Mm
2: -hmm. Which
4: I dig It works for the film anyway
2: I like it too. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't like to get real nitpicky about things like that. Like, that's not authentic to the period. I mean, unless <laughs> yeah. it's like egregious, but I mean, yeah. Or if it's, like, or a if it's off... like a
3: period
1: piece, I, this has not This sells yeah, more this is, as like a story than it, it takes
4: is, place like, in a period. But it's not real. Yeah, it's not reliant yeah. solely on you're you're not to be like historically accurate. accurate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not seeing a Volkswagen roll through. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe All small right. details.
2: Well, it was super fun to talk about Sleepy Hollow with you guys. I wasn't sure how you're going to take it because I like I never know. I never know if other people like the movies that I like as much as I like them. I knew Soju like I'd heard you talk about that before and how that's kind mm-hmm. of a regular spooky season watch for you. So I thought you'd you'd be a good uh, participant here. But um, John and Heidelberg, I, I didn't know how you're going to feel about it. So that was fun. Actually, I'm waiting. Thanks
1: thanks to Jacqueline, all of our movies from our September poll pick got covered because uh, in like heading into spooky season was our poll pick for going into September I think mm-hmm. and it was Hell House LLC which one I don't know if you mm-hmm. voted for that or not but then Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 was what you picked <laughs> for Patreon and then Sleepy Hollow was the third choice <laughs> uh, I didn't so, even do that
2: on purpose but yeah. I am responsible for two of those you are so. responsible you are. thanks
1: a lot Jack. I did not that do
2: that on Rob purpose Zombie. I swear <laughs> uh, yeah and Bob did did not have any influence on my choice I for know, Halloween 2. I'd been planning on picking that for a while because I knew that was the only him. one you hadn't done. Mm. So, but no, <laughs> All of your Godzilla 1980 and yeah, was
4: 1998 it. wasn't chosen by Brennan because of Bob's love of that <laughs> film either. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Jew, would you say that Halloween 2 was your personal most hated film that you've covered on Straight Chilling? No.
4: No, Michael's terrible films. And I think those are definitely some of those hated films. Huh?
1: There's a couple. There's one where I like kind of went a little too hard, I think, but it was um... was it Halloween 2018? <laughs> no, no, that's just justified. Kidding. Um, there's a movie <laughs> called The Farm.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I think it's bad. it's bad. It's bad.
1: But like, I think I was a little too harsh because actually Becky paid us to watch that. Yeah, movie, Yeah, she did. <laughs> and then she was on the cast. I was like, this is absolute That's fine though, like, that's your I opinion. mean, it is fine. She didn't make it or whatever. But I think I went too hard on that. Movie. It was like it a was vegan, pro- like. like pro- film yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah.
2: I, I remember that now. Yeah,
1: um, that's one that like sticks out in my mind. I've gone pretty hard on. I that hate movie not, was bro. rough, bro. You were right to come then, down. Yeah. Hard. I, Michael has picks on like the Confederate zombies of America or something that's like garbage. <laughs> and Deathbed, that's which wrong. everybody actually liked more than he Dude, did, that wasn't like the worst yeah. movie. I did not yeah. dislike
4: Deathbed all that much either. Yeah, presently he was. I think Michael was disappointed. He was.
0: I know. He, I think he wanted to piss, <laughs> piss people off. But one movie we will yeah. not cover on here is a Serbian film, which uh, Mikey yeah. picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, we I, want, want, I just
4: don't want that. that. And, and that.
1: earlier this year, we covered Salo. Salo. Oh, oh I haven't watched that yet. I haven't been able to find a stream. Oh,
2: John, you didn't know that. Oh, oh,
1: no, you didn't know we got, yeah, we covered it in like, yeah, they did. Um, I haven't listened to the episode, episode yet. Uh, I haven't watched the I, movie.
4: I, I, wasn't I,
0: listen, like I thought March it was closer or. to a year ago, but well, here, here's, yeah, I haven't
1: It It's like March or something. Yeah, here's the
0: thing is that, uh, I was staying at a friend's house and we watched that movie, and I went, this is the most gross movie i've ever seen in my life i was 16 years old now yeah, this so is recently hard. yeah <sighs> that was that's
2: it was a not, weird episode that. that you guys did on it and i was like a little uncomfortable like knowing the real
0: weird. life stuff i was going to look at yeah, that it made that me yeah
4: i still haven't listened to that episode
0: i got it. i got not a movie you want to watch i'm telling i'm
1: gonna you. watch it anyway so, Jude, do you agree? <laughs> Actually, you might want to listen to our episode before. Listen you to watch the episode it. first. I think you might want to listen to the episode first.
0: Can you say not watch it? Just listen. Well, to
1: the there's a lot. <laughs> well, the problem is there's a lot of like things that like nobody knows about that makes. Watching the film, very problematic. Like it, it might essentially just be child pornography because people. lot of people right, act- yeah.
3: yeah. yeah no, I've ever known. Like, I think somebody like
1: eat some doo-doo or something like that. Well, no, they're, they're
2: not like actually... ethi- they're like ethical quandaries and just okay, okay, okay.
1: Because oh, of oh. when it was shot and it was shot in Italy and like none of the kids in that are were actors or actresses yeah. and so they're not like really and like it's theorized that like some of them could have been as young as like 13 or 14. no no and no, so, no. Whoa, 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 whoa.
2: so yeah you <laughs> listen to the episode you might want to
1: listen to the there's
2: some like ethical
4: I almost feel like as a horror fan like I need to see the film just uh,
0: I was 13 or 14 when I watched it and I'm yeah. like no 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 uh, <laughs> So, my thing
2: about horror, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but my thing about horror, because sometimes my mom questions me and she's like, you know, when are you going to stop watching this stuff? And like, don't you feel weird about watching movies? She knows you have a podcast. Like, yeah, she does. (laughs) I mean, and she doesn't go real hard, but like, other people in my life sometimes have been like, you know, don't you feel like it's like, what kind of person are you that you want to like watch movies where people are getting decapitated and skinned and
4: one of the most caring, giving people I've ever fucking met, to be honest? Like, (laughs) who, me? yeah
2: oh thank you <laughs> oh, man. um that was really sweet but so i so i don't know i mean i don't know what it is in my makeup that's attracted to this but like my thing has always been well i don't see it as like unethical at all because it's it's fiction and i know that the actors in these movies went home and had dinner with their families at the end of the day. And as long as nobody's getting hurt, then I don't see any ethical problem with it. Like, I think you, I think you can't make this film. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I don't think that you can necessarily say the same thing about even true crime. And I know that's something we've been talking about on the Slack. And um, like, I'm not saying it's unethical to be really into true crime, but I think there are sometimes lines that get crossed. And so that's my thing is like, when you're dealing with fictional horror, you have like, Um, a kind of distance that I think allows you to be kind of morally safe Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: in the instance of something like solo you don't have that distance because Mm -hmm. parts of it might be like somebody might not be like being treated well like somebody you're supporting it it and it's hard to watch
1: that film and and not think it's possible yeah that there's abuse going on here like real abuse going on
2: exactly and so it's like i don't really want to take part in a real person's exploitation or like sexual abuse right and so even though it's already done and over with i feel like just by viewing it that's just not something i want to do and so that kind of that violates my my philosophy that i've always had about horror and why i don't feel any kind of moral quandary about that
0: right so you watch the toxic Avenger, you know, this is like, like, like total fiction. You watch solo and you go, this could be fucking real. And it may have been.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to think that I'm watching a movie where like a 13 year old girl is having sex with like exactly right. So So
0: it was just like, no, thank you. No.
2: (laughs) Nope. So I'm glad I listened to the episode first.
4: So (laughs) So my, my pick for next week is solo.
0: Oh, Um, Oh no, yeah! <laughs> um, what is your real pick? For yeah,
2: sorry, I'm being a bad host. Hydraberg, it's your pick next week. It's the last episode of October, so are we going to go out with a bang?
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's up to you guys to figure out whether it's a bang. But my pick for next week is going to be Pumpkinhead uh, yes. from 1988. John's right? excited. It's not necessarily a Halloween film, but it it's man main antagonist is a pumpkin headed monster. Mm-hmm. I love. And, yeah.
2: Can I make a confession?
4: You've never seen it.
2: I've never seen. Oh, it. I love that.
4: Oh I love oh, no. that, that this episode. And guess what? We're going to have a special guest. Michael, from Horror apocalypse oh, oh, there you go. is coming on and he Speak likes this guy. film. This is a Stan Winston film, by the way, if you want to know about special effects and stuff like that. Mm. So just just enjoy it. Watch okay. it. I'm I can't not, tell you uh, yeah, exactly I'm where it's streaming. Anything. I own it now. I just bought it recently. So
2: I, I own it too. Actually, I've had it for a you long do. time and just never. <laughs> yeah, I bought the Scream
4: Factory edition.
2: I have so many movies that I've bought and just Let's never watched. Let's do it. So. Yeah, so I'm excited. I started watching
4: okay. it before we cast it tonight to get it. Oh, head. really? Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, John definitely looks excited. So yeah, he looks enthused. All right. Well, cool. I'm looking forward to that pick. We'll be back next week with Pumpkinhead. In the meantime, if you want to email us with your thoughts about Sleepy Hollow um, and whether you think the Tim Burton soup works, whether you're into that melange or not, let us know. You can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut, wait, at cut above horror. Okay.
4: You can follow us on Instagram at a cut underscore
1: review.
0: And so, where can they find you and your friends at Straight Chilling Podcast? Uh, You can
1: find all our spooky doings at uh, all the social medias, uh, Straight Chilling Horror Podcast. Um, our handles are at Straight Chilling Podcast, uh, youtube.com forward slash Straight Chilling Podcast, Straight Chilling Um, You can find all that stuff. We do weekly horror movie reviews and all kind of bonus stuff as well. Um, so, yeah.
4: Follow them and get into the Slack chat. Yeah. Seriously, me, you won't. You'll, you might have a podcast within a year's time. So. <laughs>
3: yes, yeah. uh-huh. and,
2: and at I, the very least, you'll be best friends with all of us because that's why we. You, yeah.
4: you can guest on a podcast. Exactly.
0: Well, hey, if you keep up the good work, you guys might be on, you know, on episode four hundred. You know, just keep working towards that. You'll be. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh my gosh! I hope what's coming on episode four hundred is the announcement of this straight chilling network. That's <laughs> what I hope Seriously,
2: yeah, there's so much content. Mm-hmm.
4: I was already yeah. talking to Nicole on DMs about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I want this
2: to hand. be y'all's full time jobs. Is you
1: plenty of
4: stable, you have plenty, of, stable, you have plenty of podcasts you can
1: put in the stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to talk to someone else about that. Oh, drinking person. Actually, that's uh, yeah, that's going to be kind of brought up in in one aspect of 400. But wow, we'll get there. there. (laughs) I can't wait Mm -hmm. to listen. Good tease.
2: Good tease. there. also
1: like Bob does these great like in in your 100th
4: episode, 200 and 300. Like he does these like um, quick cuts of like
1: certain the super
3: cuts like, yeah super
4: cuts oh, of like yeah. things We've that are funny that around, or like you know. when you the one the way you said the word like so many times i yeah, don't feel yeah, bad yeah. when i say like so many times because yeah. i know i say it <laughs> yeah. but i'm like oh soju kind of he treaded that ground for me that i can he suffered
2: somebody that, wrote so a I review can, about that yeah. on it on, iTunes, on uh, apple yeah. podcast
0: uh-huh. yeah. i've never heard that 300th episode what oh it's so good that about that's a
3: good one. No, John's being bullshit, sarcastic John. because he helped fucking introduce it.
2: What?
1: John, John introduced on that episode. The oh. episode. That's what the. I'm did. so
2: gullible. I can never tell when people are kidding.
4: When I the suck. boys went to hell because yeah. of Jesse's accident.
0: Oh,
3: yeah, they, they were just, coming back. They sent us ago. to
0: hell. They sent the amazing Nicole and I to hell. Yeah. So they can come back. In 300. Yeah. So, well, and I then you got this four,
4: podcast eight, out of it, John. So, it all worked out. There you go. Or is this healthy?
3: Sold you? your
1: soul to the devil for a podcast. Yeah.
3: They're, <laughs> They're worse things. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> all
0: right. Well, uh, us on uh, Cut Above, Colin Horror Review. Thank you for the five star reviews and I'm coming. Because... I want to oh, give a shout
4: out while bizarre, you're here, yeah. Justin. I just want to give a shout out for you asking me to come on your Creature Comforts. Yeah, absolutely. Dope talking to you about a um, Marvel title. You know, um, uh, and I'll come on anytime you want. Um, cool. It was great. Also, quick shout out: I was on a show recently with Circle of Jerks. It hasn't aired yet, but I will post it when it has. Uh, we covered Tetsu. Oh shit! The Iron Man. I don't wake That's a you wild up. Wild movie. Yeah. Dang. That's a wild movie. It is a wild movie, and I listened to your podcast on it. Before mm. I went on theirs, just as a, like, a a, I watched the movie, time. I did my notes, and then I was like, you know what? Straight chill cover this. I remember that episode because that's the only reason I ever watched the movie, mm. it's because you guys covered it. And it was an episode where C- uh, Seizo was on also. And I oh, went really? back, it was like 143, episode mm. 143, I think. I went back and I listened to it, and you guys had some great fucking insight on it. Um, most of you guys came down lower on it as far as viewing, but I think uh, your ratings, I think you'd probably come in a little higher now. That you've grown a little bit as critics. Maybe not much
1: higher, but I was really. Kind of young a backhanded compliment. You like 17 back then. Yeah, you came <laughs> in really low. Yeah,
4: you were young, duck.
1: You were uh-huh. like five, dude. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, it's been super fun doing episode 69 with you dudes. Ooh. And we'll see you back here next week as we cover Pumpkinhead
4: and keep it
0: crany. Pumpkins.